This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. What's up, Steve? Same old man. I hear that, man. Oh. I want to thank everyone for joining us again here on the Outdoor Drive podcast. I know that things have been a little hectic for all of us. Um, I have just touched land. Steven has been hunting his ass <laughs> off. So we're a little bit behind a couple of days. Um, let's talk about that for one second, just so everybody knows. Um, we kind of, now that we're slowly, gradually building into this big, huge giant, no, just kidding. Um, now that we're, we're kind of like moving and spreading our wings a little bit and getting on the YouTube page and everything. It's a lot of work for Steven. We put a lot on his shoulders. So. I make Trev do a lot of content <laughs> so that I can sit and spend hours developing video. So he's always working on doing all of this stuff. So it kind of puts a little bit behind um, it, we had started off as Mondays cause Mondays was the podcast day we would record and then we would drop. Right. And the thing with that is that now we have YouTube. So then it kind of got pushed out. So we decided on Tuesdays because Tuesdays was my day off from work. So that kind of pushed things off again. Well, then we ended up adding the YouTube to it. So now you got to edit it and upload it and everything else. So now we're kind of like to Wednesday. So what we've decided is we will guarantee you a podcast by Thursday. I think that's pretty fair. Yeah, that's pretty easy. We can set the standard of record on Tuesdays, be up by Thursdays, and I'm not up till three in the morning cutting and chopping video and all of that fun stuff. Plus, it allows Trev on these random uh, Tuesdays to go do 24-hour offshore trips and all the chaos. So. Which has been kind of one of those things for me is kind of, oops, shit, and dropping things. Um, where things have kind of been a little hectic. I, I had to go offshore on my last offshore trip of the season my last you charter have to go but i told you to freaking go how could i not i told dude? you to be nuts not to go i know it's your last week in the game for the season it is man and it was on podcast wednesday podcast tuesday and uh we kind of had to push things out so we now it's wednesday so we're gonna podcast here on wednesday and then you guys will have it by thursday so which is what it is it works Rotten fucking season so yeah What's number one pri priority? Killing blood, shit? Blood, blood, blood. Red yep. blood. Killing shit. Speaking of blood, why don't you tell us a little bit of what happened to you, Steven? I killed something. 
And not only you, but there's been a lot of bloodshed down there in Virginia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Since since you guys left, we've been uh, we've been getting it. Um, like I said early on in the season, my two main goals was to get you to punch a tag and to get my wife to punch a tag. And once that was done, I would start punching tags. And we didn't punch the tag we wanted while you were here. The Bears did not cooperate. And by the way, we've had two show up over the course since you've been here only two so two over oh, uh, 14 days well that's good because because if not yeah. i'd stop there on the way to ohio and fucking yeah, it, punch another <laughs> it literally right when you got here took a nosedive they quit showing up so we did punch the dough with you got that monkey off the back uh broke that curse that was just a big relief and let's see it was last thursday so I went out back to the meat factory as I have so named that spot where we went. I'm into it. Because I'm I'm not gonna lie, it's a freaking meat factory. If you need meat, you go sit there. We've not sit there and not seen something. So went to the meat factory, uh took a shot, deflected off of a tree limb and got the video out of it and all that, and it just really ticked me off. It deflected right over her back. And that same night I came home and I was, you know, ticked off and whatnot. And I pull in the driveway and I walk down to the studio and I can see a flashlight wandering around the food plot. So I go down and I went, she shot at something. She's trying to find blood or an arrow or something. And she goes, I took a shot. It was at last light, could barely see the pins, you know, but it was just enough. I could see the body it was a 30 yard shot, but it was a good shot. And, and it kicked and, and it sounded kind of like when you slap a watermelon, you know, that thump sound. And in Why my are you head, I went, watermelons? Oh, well, we are in the <laughs> South. <laughs> so as soon as she said that she had the mule kick and that watermelon thump, my mind straight went to lung shot. Because that's when you hit it and you deflate it, that's what you hear. Right. And uh, went down in. And so the food plot where she's walking, it's nearly knee high in greens. And I got the good flashlight out, started searching. And I said, where'd it go? And she went up this way, cut around the trees. There's only one trail in that direction. So I jumped ahead 40, 50 yards, somewhere in there. And instantly there was blood because, I mean, she's shooting 45 or 47 pounds, you know, so it's not going to be a punch through. Didn't expect that, but I knew that we'd have blood within 50 yards. Sure as shit, big pile of blood, no arrow, no nothing. So we just get on the trail. We follow it down, uh, work over the ridge onto the neighbor's property, which we have permission to go on. And, we kind of lose blood for about 20 yards. So we're kind of searching and I find this rock down on a tree line and it is just sprayed. I was, I, I said, no, he's, he's bleeding good. I mean, there was no doubt this deer was bleeding good and she had shot it 45 minutes before I got there. So kept following it and it became every step step and a half there was blood on both sides you had an arrow at this point or no still no arrow never found the arrow damn and at this point i'm going okay well hopefully you hit the off shoulder 
and we come to this big downfall, big deadfall oak. And I said, well, he would have diverted off probably this way, path of least resistance, you know, et cetera. This son of a bitch dove through this downed oak. And I'm assuming that arrow is somewhere in that pile of trees because on the opposite side of the tree, we picked up the blood trail. And I was kind of dumbfounded. I'm going, no way did this deer dive through that, but it did. I think he jumped over it? I think he kind of went stumbled through, through it. it. Yeah. <laughs> threw it over it, stumbled over it. Yeah. I'm not sure, but there was great blood. So I'm assuming he hit, rolled, got up, kept going. And about 20 yards later, down in the thick shit in the briars in the mountain on that shit that I had you hunt in, mm-hmm. we saw belly up. So... She got her first buck, her first archery deer. It was a great deer. And it's her target deer for the year. That's the one that we had set up. We built the food plots and everything for, and it it worked out. So we got that knocked down. So another monkey off the back, and I went, okay, now I can start hunting. So we got up, got everything done, deer's taken care of. I went back out to the meat factory Sunday evening, and... Kind of went in there going, okay, well, we have we may have boogered it up. It's a small piece of public. Trev's got his doe. I deflected on that doe the other day. We'll see what happens. Right. Six o'clock on the money. That same little sucker that I had shot at comes right in from the exact same spot. And I turned and looked at him and said, you know what? You get a pass. I, I'm not even messing with you. And you know it's the same one. It just was very evident. So, let her walk. And about 20 minutes later, I'd been fighting with some squirrels all freaking evening. And I turned to look at this damn squirrel. Well, it wasn't a squirrel. There were deer popping off the hillside behind me on a run that I didn't even know was there. And was able to make the adjustments, get the camera on them, range them, do everything, and uh, smoked her ass. So that Aries punched a nice clean hole and gave me a whole 20-yard track job. Hell yeah. And sat there thinking, okay, you know, because I'd found a beautiful rub in there that I hadn't seen on the ground once it got in the tree. I found it. I said, you know, I'm going to just hang tight for a little while. So I gave it about an hour. Had a couple more deer come through. And uh, said, you know what, it, it's that last slide I can barely see in the camera. I'm going to go ahead and hop down. Got down, found the arrow, walked up the hill, and lo and behold, she's sitting on a road on top of the hill. But it would have taken me 30 minutes to get on that road to where she is from where I was parked. Right. It was easier to drag her the 200 yards down the mountain to the truck. Damn. So, got her down there, got her loaded up. She's all taken care of. And uh, great film on it i mean it, i can't wait to see it. it it came out really well great shot in picture good slow-mo of the the impact um it was was ecstatic that the film turned out the way it did with awesome. exclusion to the low light video uh anyone self-filming heads up low light video sucks it is very grainy it is very sketchy but i think we'll make it work awesome man congrats dude i think that's fucking awesome i can't wait to see it and uh for anybody who does want to see it you can check it out on our youtube page um there's actually a couple of different hunts up there already so yeah yeah we got uh, both of yours or mm-hmm. yours and ours yep. and now we'll have mine up tomorrow 
I just finished some of the, the final touches and things. And we have Ohio. We will have Ohio. And hopefully we'll have two or three videos coming out of that one. Yeah, we're hoping for that one. There'll be a lot of content coming from that trip, I think. Yeah, well, considering we have, if we stretch it, 11 days there. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to kill out day one or two anyway, but, you know, just saying. I I just, I don't, I'm, I'm, I've been thinking about it, right? So my honest opinion, I was talking to Bones today about it. Um, I'll probably leave Thursday morning real early and get down there because I'm excited. I was talking to Bones today, man, and I, looking at all the public land, dude, I'm like a kid in a candy store right now, like just checking it out. And I just, if I get down there early enough on Thursday, I want to look everything over. Then you'll be down there about noon yeah, I'll time. I'll be there and, early Friday. Yeah, and then we'll have – you know, we'll probably I, – I won't hunt before you get down there. I can um, unless if you do. I'd love to come down there, and you and Bones already got bucks hanging on the pole. I mean, I don't then know. Then I got a cameraman or two. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, fuck you. I'm boot scooting boogie in somewhere else. No. <laughs> and it, I, I, don't, I mean, I'm kind of like I'm, – I'm, I'm torn because, like, do I – nah, I mean – I don't know, man. I'm going to stay there for the deer camp thing. I, I was going to kind of boot scoot and boogie back home if I shot one and just kind of like to get back home. But you know what? I think to suck it all in, I was thinking about maybe reaching out to some friends and maybe busting down another state. But I just think. Hey, you can always just buy another tag. Doe tag. Yeah. But I already, so you you get your buck and a doe. Right. Already. But I don't want to shoot fucking does, man. He's going to be in the middle of the rut. I don't want to be in the tree with a bow and arrow in fucking Ohio in the middle of the rut. The doe <laughs> comes by doe. and there'll be a 160 to come by. Are you out of your fucking mind? No. Bro, you'll all be reading about me in the newspaper because I shot two bucks. I'm the next Chris Brackett, dude. Get the fuck out of here. No there way. There it is. No way. You out of your mind, dude? Speaking of. The news for your crews, I cannot wait to hear this because it's it's some really cool shit speaking of uh, poaching and what kind of goes on behind the scenes. But it, it, it's, it's, it's cool shit, but when you start looking at it, it's kind of funny. If you look up the article and the situation yeah. and all of that, it, it'll be really interesting to see what kind of fallout or no fallout or – just kind of how it all goes if, if you feel my drift yeah no for sure i think with the amount of big names that are involved with it yeah and, and kind of like the how big it, it is and how many animals and stuff i don't want to i don't want to ruin it um you know, you know don't don't run it goes deep into it just do me a favor and let's crank it up let's crank it up crank it up Hey everyone, Mike here with some news for your crews. Now, normally I try to stick to positive news, but in a case this egregious, uh, I feel the need to share. And I have left out intentionally uh, names in this piece because they really don't matter. What's important is what's going on and um, what the repercussions are. So in Nebraska, uh, a five-year poaching investigation is wrapping up. Uh, which has linked over 100 people from 21 different states in the illegal take of big game animals and transporting them across state lines. Uh, the case is centered around an outfitter in Nebraska where clients paid between $2,500 and $7,000 
uh, for a chance at big game trophies and utilized illegal tactics like baiting and spotlighting. Uh, Rifles were also used during archery season, often with suppressors to cover the noise. And some participants didn't even have legal hunting permits. The investigation was conducted by the Nebraska Fish and Game and the United States uh, Fish and Wildlife Service and uncovered at least 97 animals being transported across state lines. Uh, They also discovered that multiple hunters shot migratory non-game birds, including hawks and falcons for target practice, and that the co-owner and chief operator uh, of the outfitter killed at least 100 non-game birds. One of the key clients uh, in this case was a TV hunting personality uh, who was ordered to pay $50,000 in fines and restitution. To date, 30 people have pleaded guilty in the case and have collectively been ordered to pay $570,453 in fines and restitution and have collectively lost a total of 53 years of hunting and fishing privileges. The co-owner has been sentenced to 30 months in federal prison in order to pay $214,375 in fines and restitution. Uh, He will also not be allowed to hunt, trap, or engage in related businesses for 15 years after his release. Uh, Although sentencing is still ongoing, uh, Nebraska hunters are advocating for harsher penalties and steeper fines for those convicted for poaching within the state. And I couldn't agree more. The punishments should be more uh, as ethical hunters want nothing more than to stop these types of activities. So Michigan uh, and the growing controversial topic of air-powered bows. Uh, On September 30th of the 30th of this year, the Michigan legislature approved a bill to allow air-powered bows for all hunters during firearm season and for disabled hunters during archery seasons. Alas, uh, the governor has vetoed the bill uh, because it would create an unworkable permitting system for the DNR to manage, um, she said. Uh, The bill relies on a subjective evaluation of physical fitness to determine who qualifies as disabled rather than providing a uniform standard. The governor also said the bill was developed without input from the DNR Accessibility Advisory Council and any future legislation should be submitted to the council. So hopefully more to come on that if there is new legislation um, proposing air bows in Michigan. So now off to Missouri and more changes due to COVID. Uh, Seen it happen, like I said, on a weekly basis. Uh, The Missouri Department of Conservation has changed the mandatory sampling requirements for CWD to voluntary sampling. It's not the first state we've seen do this. Uh, This is for 30 counties uh, during opening weekend of the modern firearm season on November 14th and 15th. Uh, The 71 CWD sampling stations will remain open in those counties. The MDC staff uh, will take precautions at the sampling stations and hunters and those uh, with hunters will be asked to remain in their vehicles while the harvest is sampled. Hunters will also only be asked what county the the animal was harvested in and will not have to identify the location of the harvest on a map. Uh, So now to Texas, where some good news, um, hunting and fishing license purchases are on the rise. Uh, Texas has seen an increase of over 50,000 combination hunting and fishing licenses and over 70,000 
fishing licenses this year. Uh, and of the 44 different licenses and permits available uh, with the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, only seven categories have seen a decrease in purchases. Um, could be due to COVID. We've seen a lot of states uh, talking about increases in sales this year and people wanting to get out in the woods. Um, similarly, in Vermont, where archery season is in full swing, wildlife officials say they are seeing more hunters this year. Uh, biological way stations in New Haven and Orwell both say they have seen more deer being brought in this year. Uh, the station in New Haven has reported more than double the number of doe compared to bucks this year. Uh, the Buxton station has noted a large increase of hunters and deer coming in uh, compared to last year. The owners of both locations attribute the increase to the increased bag limit this year of four deer from three, uh, but the decrease from two to one buck uh, being allowed across all seasons. Uh, and also in Vermont, the youth season and adult mentor season uh, is coming up this weekend. So good luck to all the youth and novice hunters headed into the woods. Uh, as always, with you know, if you have any news, please send it along. Um, haven't gotten anything recently from listeners, but I greatly appreciate anything you have. Reach out to me on Facebook at Mike Salter or bearded underscore bowhunter21 on Instagram. And with that, enjoy the rest of your ride. So now you guys see what I was talking about. Mike Mike hit the nail on the head when it comes to that. He did a, a fine job with that and kind of the things that are going on. He's a, I don't know, man. Mike's really been pretty badass with this News for Your Cruise thing. I, I've learned a lot throughout the past couple of months here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and like I said, I thoroughly respect the way he went about it. He didn't name drop. He didn't do any of that. If you're interested, look it up for yourselves. Form Ooh. your own opinions. Just like we do with anything, you know, currently yeah. it's not a, it's a, he said, she said with exclusion to what's been proved, everything else form your own opinion. And I think, I think this is this, this is this. And, and Mike made a very valid point when we were talking about this today. Um, it's not about who's involved. It's about what they're actually doing. You know, it's not about picking out an individual for what they did. Right. Yes. So I think that the, the crime at hand is what needs to be talked about more than who was involved in, in doing those crimes. Um, that there Agreed. is people out there doing those things. Um, and it needs to be more aware to what it's all about more than who it is. Fuck who it is. Yeah, they need to be picked on for it. And they should be held to high standards. And they should be high, to high penalties. Um, but the crime at hand not about the person doing the crime i think is more do you get what i'm saying i mean yes the person at, at at hand should obviously be getting in a lot of trouble but people need to know about the crimes that are happening i guess is more or less yeah yeah let's shed light on this takes place and until someone's caught no one knows right exactly you know it, it people get away with this all the time so to see something like this come to light you know and and my thing with this is this is that the penalty isn't as high as it should be. Yes. They should be hung. They should never be allowed to hunt ever again. They should yes. not be able to, like in this instance, this person has to wait 15 years after the time that he does his time. So he's got to do X amount of months in prison. When he's done with that time, he has 15 years from then. 
to be back in business again. So this guy can go back in business or be a silent partner with somebody else in business and still be back in the same exact thing. No, fucking eye for an eye, dude. T- t- no more. You know what I'm saying? You steal in China, they chop your fucking hands off. You you poach in United States, you should... I don't even know. Your tag should be cut off. Your tag should be cut off. Right. Exactly. Like the fuck? I don't know. I just don't feel that, you know, and, and this is another thing that, that kind of irritates me. And the more and more that I talk to people, right. And I learn this is that like here in Connecticut, you can't bait unless you're in a baiting zone. Right. And these guys that shoot these giant bucks, right. They all fucking bait. They all illegally bait. Oh yeah. And, and they're like these big buck killers and this, that, and the other thing. And they're illegally doing it to kill it. If you can bait, fucking bait, right? Anybody who can bait, just let them bait. You know what I'm saying? If you legally can do it, more power to you, man. If I had a bait zone, I would do it. You know, like I just got one. I'm going to do it. But don't come to me when you're legally killing big bucks and talk about how you're a big buck killer. Because in all reality, you're legally shooting that deer. And it like kind of gets to me because I'm trying to do it the right way and I'm struggling at it year in and year out trying to figure out where these bucks move, what these bucks do. And these guys are shooting giant bucks and I'm getting jealous of them. Not really jealous, but just kind of like to find out they were illegally baiting the whole time. What the fuck, man? Isn't that that fucking bullshit? No, I feel you. hundred percent. I feel you. And I couldn't do it, man. I, I couldn't look on my walls in this room today if I illegally shot one of these deer because it wouldn't mean anything to me. The, the two bucks that I have on the wall that are mounted, they mean everything to me because I did they everything in my power to kill those deer. Right. Exactly. I don't know. It just drives me nuts, man. I don't know about you, but it fucking drives me nuts. And, it, and the more and more that, the more and more that I think about it, the more and more that it bothers me that these guys like are big buck killers. Oh, look at this giant buck. And I got hey, this it, one it, on camera and that it's one on camera. all right, camera. man. Because at the end of the day, you look at it. Let's look <sighs> through the, we'll say the last two years, three years, loose lips sink ships. Dudes do it and then they start bragging down the road and then they get fried. And you know what? Nope. That's what happens. One upside to social media, people will show their ass eventually. Oh my God. And, and the whole thing is, you know, obviously everybody's to themselves and they should have their own goals and they shouldn't they shouldn't be thinking about what other people are doing but it's always in the back of your mind like this dude's doing this and when you come to find out what he's doing it illegally you know like i feel the baiting thing you know I feel you. it's like and it, it's a hot topic and i feel like we could go down this road I for know. hours but uh i i think we ought to move ahead and say some thanks to a few folks and get to the business because I know this, this one gets me heated. This is, I know it's a hot topic, man. It could definitely get crazy. So first and foremost, I want to thank timbered tumblers. I'm going to take a drink. Oh, Oh, what the fuck is that? That's my logo. That's my hidden mountain. Bowhunter logo. Come on, how did you get that on there? Because he's my boy. That's fucking sick. <laughs> I didn't even know that you had that on there. Yes, sir. So, Does, mountains is literally the view from my backyard. And the fog tends to roll up and hide the mountains. And at the base of the mountains is the mouth of the Rappahannock River. So, that's the hidden mountain bow hunter logo. That's fucking badass, dude. Does does Kim's have that on it also? No, she doesn't have it on there. 
Oh, but you do. I do. He that's hooked me up badass. when we made the order. I kicked it over and said, see what you can do with it. And that's what he did. I think do, that's pretty good. do custom work like you wouldn't believe. And wow, man. Send him, he can put it on your cup. That's fucking awesome. So, just saying. If you, if you guys haven't checked him out yet, make sure to go check him out. Timber Tumblers, uh, Jason, he's the fucking man. And he does anything and everything you possibly could imagine in a tumbler. Check him out on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we are officially sponsored by Timber Tumblers. Um, and we are partnered with Nor'easter Game Calls. Get them in close. Nor'eastergamecalls.com for all your custom turkey calls, box calls, um, grunt tubes, duck calls. He's been doing some crazy shit over there. Yodi Howlers, pins. Pens. Oh, I got a custom, custom, custom pen. Memory box. Ooh, the memory box, guys. It's That's that huge. Year. Yeah. Why don't you tell them a little bit about that? Let's let's hit on that for a second. So I, I wish I had one in front of me right now to show you. But what he'll do is, if you don't want to go pay for a mount, say you don't want to pay for something extremely expensive, but you want to remember that hunt, he can take anything you collect. Say some dirt, some moss the shaft of the broadhead that broke off or some deer hair or whatever. And he will put this in an acrylic box that has all of those pieces recreated to remember that it was on, you know, say this dirt with the moss cover in the ground with these leaves, with the broadhead bloody laying on top of it. And he will freeze that in an acrylic block for you. He's done uh, turkey, you take take your old old turkey shell and you roll BBs in it with a turkey feather. I mean, literally anything. He's done ashes um, of past loved ones. Uh, you name it, he's done it. I mean, it's 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 incredible what he can do. And as long as he can dry it, he'll put it in there. Little tiny acorns, leaves. He'll make a whole entire scene. Uh, he can also laser etch in there um, names, dates, so on and so forth. So. It's a really badass thing, man. It's really cheap. And you can get on NoisterGameCalls.com, fill out the form, and uh, he'll get it made up for you. So It's pretty badass. It is badass. And especially that time of year, you know, you shoot a, a doe with your little one or, you know, a loved one or whatever, and you want to remember that, uh, it's definitely something to put on the shelf instead of a full mount. So go and check them out, NoisterGameCalls.com. Also, Wild Edge Inc., uh, the leader in mobile hunting, uh, WildEdgeInc.com. The go and get your ropes, the aiders, the naders, the suaders, your perches, uh, the steps. If you guys haven't seen those, definitely a badass thing uh, to get up get up the tree. Introducing the Berserker tree saddle. If you guys haven't seen it, man, it's about to hit the market and it's about to be fucking real. Badass saddle. So go and check them out. WildEdgeInc.com. Also, Wicked and Twisted Bowstrings. WickedandTwistedBowstrings.com. Um, use promo code OUTDOORDRIVE10. Capital O, capital D, capital D10. Um, the custom bowstrings, dude. Get jillified uh, over at Trader Jans up in Massachusetts. Also, and you can order those online. You can build them online. You can order them online. They'll ship them, and you can put them on at your own pro shop, or you can go up to Trader Jans yourself. Um they're badass. You can get BCY or you can get um, Bloodline. Bloodlines, yeah. Which is actually a pretty badass uh, string. Uh, it's real soft. Never has to be waxed no for the life of the string. Yep. It's fucking badass. For Zero some of you maintenance. Guys. And from what I hear, it actually increases the actual speed. bow speed. Fucking badass. So check them out. Broadside Camo. Broadsidecamo.com. Use promo code OUTDOORDRIVE. 
the photorealism camouflage. If you guys have checked out any of our videos here on the YouTube channel, um, you will see that stuff in action. We are now about to break out the Ascender series, which is a new um, aerial hunting full bibs jacket. Um, it is fucking badass, and it is warm as hell. So I'm excited to use that stuff up in Ohio um, and the closer series, closer sweatshirts, um, Versa um, stuff. So The, the Versa cool. really ain't going to come in too much at this point. I think all the leaves off, and uh, it's going to be a little chilly. So I think we're going to be rocking the Ascender series pretty heavy in this one. That's right. Uh, also, out on the limb manufacturing, out on the limb MFG. If you guys have not got over there, make sure to go and check them out. I get a lot of people asking me about platforms. That is the home of saddle hunting platforms, um, camera arms, custom tree stands. They have the um, they have a new tree stand out right now that they just just made. It's called the Ambush, the Little Ambush, um, mm-hmm. which is a pretty badass custom tree stand. Very light uh, for you guys that aren't saddle hunters. He's got those, so go and check him out. Out on the limb, mfg.com. So go and check him out. Also, to add to the list, we are not partnered with or sponsored by, but we do have a promo code for is ODD10, and that is for Gator Outdoors. Um, if you guys listened to the last podcast with Wade Borman about Gator Outdoors, it is a... I don't know. Lifestyle what? brand, yeah, I think is the easiest way to put it. Um, supporting the working class through a lot of different means, how to get low-cost goods that are quality goods, as well as your regular apparel for your everyday stuff. And frankly, he's just he, he's a guy like you and I out there trying to get his piece of the market, and he, he does a great job at it. That's the truth, man. And and all the stuff that he does sell. So he's like he's like a superstore for the working class. Um Lone Wolf Custom Gear. Um we got the scrape stick over there. Uh XOPs. Uh, XOP Scent Crusher. Um he's got um He's got a, a plethora of stuff. Yeah, man. Go and check him out. He's got a lot of shit, and he's got his own stuff that his own brand from Gator Outdoors. So go and check him out. Use promo code ODD ten. I am. I think uh, that's it. I want to thank everybody. Thank them. Thank them. If you guys haven't already, please hit the subscribe button on here so you guys can keep up to what's going on. We have a lot of shit coming for this season on our YouTube channel and also on the podcast side. If you guys haven't already, please go and give us a five-star review. Um, share and tell all your friends about us. Uh, just spread the word of the love. So Definitely. everybody else can enjoy us. You definitely want to keep an eye on the YouTube side because uh, Ohio, not only is it going to be kind of crazy, we're going to have a lot of stuff coming at you, but there might be some uh, surprise guests. There may be some cross-platform interaction. There's going to be a lot of stuff popping in Ohio. So if you're not on here, you're probably not going to see it. The other thing is, I just forgot what the fuck I was going to say. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, we have some badass giveaways because it is deer season, so we're going to start giving yes. things away. Um, and with duck season coming, we might be giving something away for that also, but I really don't want to talk about that just yet. Um, yeah. If it's, 
Uh, it's kind of still up in the air. All I'm going to say is if you're not subscribed, you're going to miss out. And I just, I'm not sure if everybody's ready for that big giveaway just yet this season. No, well, and we'll see. I, I think there are those out there who are going to really dive after this one. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, my only think advice is subscribe to the YouTube. And to add to it, guys, um, we just took a step in the right direction of we're going to have our own website. Finally. Yes, we're slow. Yes, we admit it. But you know what? We wanted to make Takes sure money. we had enough people out there like you that actually gave enough of a we'll just say enough of a shit about us mm-hmm. to make it worth putting this together. And at this point, I think we believe there are enough of you that are listening to us retards that we owe you this. Yep. So and it's going to happen. And also with the YouTube side, I know we're kind of rambling on and going on with everything, but on the YouTube side, we are also going to have a little, uh, maybe once a month, twice a month, kind of little something or other. So just stay tuned for that. Make sure you subscribe, guys. That's all we're saying. Make sure you subscribe um, because we just want you guys to follow along and not miss out on anything. But let's get on with the show, man. We have one of the craziest, one of my favorite <laughs> people from the Midwest, uh, funniest fucking dude. And uh, and a beast at that. Yeah, man. Killing, killing machine, dude. I love following him. We, I love we spent what he's doing. quite a bit of time at the shoot, bullshitting, hanging out, cutting stories. Oh, man. And he's got some new ones since we visited. And I think uh, it'll be really cool to get him to just roll over some of that. And a shooter, man. He's a, he's a big-time shooter, a long-distance shooter. Uh, when I had met him, the first shoot that I had gone to um, – we had the time of our lives, dude. We were shooting 100 and something over the pond. Bullshit. And he's just a long-range shooter, man. And, and he, we just have the greatest time ever. His stories are incredible. The, the amount of big mule deer that he's killed. Um, uh, just big animals in general uh, all over the board is, is kind of incredible. And, and not even that, but um, yeah. <laughs> I, dude i'm losing train of thought i got so much shit going on in my head you're right good, now man. It's like, you're good man i'll make it easy on you ladies oh. and gentlemen no hold on one second one more thing i'm sorry stop one second ouch the new shoot yes. dates are out okay please do not forget it is june Post. It's Fuck. It is June. 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 We know it's June. Oh, it's June. It's June twelfth. Duh. Didn't you know? It's June. The difference of this year. There's an after party. There is an after party. Uh, at a local tavern. So make sure to guys mark the calendars for June 12th. If you guys want to caravan out there from the east to the west, let us know. We can all meet up or whatever. We're in a giant van. I don't care. <laughs> I'm thinking that too. If there's enough people that want to jump in and go, I will rent a big van and we will all ride together. If I have to, I will rent an RV. I don't really care. If enough people want to go and they want to get on the train, Travel we will van. do the drive all across drive. the country. Travel sleep. <laughs> yep. I'm leaving from Connecticut. We go across Pennsylvania. Uh, we meet in Ohio. I'll pick you up anywhere along the ride. If anybody wants to go and join us, let us know. Uh, market calendars. But let's get this fucking show on the road. Enough of the bullshit. 
ladies and gentlemen, Clay Thurman. When are you starting? <laughs> now. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, oh. welcome back. <laughs> welcome back, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for joining the Jackie Bushman show. <laughs> and here's how we start. This is how we start. We've, we've been joined by a very good friend <laughs> on the Jackie Bushman show here yeah. on the Outdoor Drive podcast. <laughs> Why don't we start off right? Clay, why don't you just tell everybody who the f*** you are? <laughs> so much for not dropping the big F. Oh, yep. man, yep. I forgot. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, uh, ruined that one. Uh, my name's Clay Thurman, and I grew up in Illinois. Uh, I've hunted all my life. Uh, killed my first deer when I was 10. Killed my first deer with a bow when I was 12. Uh I'm re- I'm done. <laughs> yeah, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a give up? Like, <laughs> no, no, you're good, man. You're good. Carry on. I I uh, lived in Wisconsin for just a little bit a uh, while, and and when I say I just turned forty last week or so, and happy birthday. When I thank you, thank you. Uh, it's it's odd. I don't feel forty. <laughs> That's a good uh, thing. I don't look forty, man. That's I thought you were thirty. Um, thanks. I know you still hold up with the 30 year olds. There you go. I know that. I, when I say that, uh, I was hunting and killing deer at 12 with a bow. Uh, I didn't learn how to shoot a bow in my mind. Uh, and I still don't, I guess, know how to shoot a bow, but, uh, until I moved to Wisconsin and I was in my early twenties, that's when I really started shooting. And, uh, after that, I, I moved home to central Illinois for a little while and I decided at that point that I was uh, going to try and hunt big deer. And uh, I've had some success doing that. Uh, I'm a railroader uh, in my professional life. Uh, I was going to ask that. <laughs> what, do you, what do you do for real life? <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I appreciate the bibs that you wore for me today. That was, yeah, uh, that's right. He's very very railroading. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but what I really do is, is I hunt. Um, you know, when, when people ask me outside of, of work in a, a casual situation, you know, what do you, what do you do, Clay? And I know they want to know what I do for a living, but I answer to them that I hunt because I don't want to talk about work, right? Good I want to talk about hunting. That's right. right? So I, and they say, no, no, what do you do? And you say, I say, I hunt. I like to hunt. Do you like to hunt? And then, I don't know, the old, the meme of, of Pablo Escobar sitting on the bench, you know, where he's the, uh, when he's at the party and he's the only one there that wants to talk about hunting. Like, that's me a lot. <laughs> yeah. Know the feeling. I, yeah. it's, it's like my life, man. Like, 
I all the time, like my wife would be like, "Oh, you want to go to this party or you want to do this?" And I'd be like, "Oh, who's gonna be there?" And then they'll say who's there. And I'm like, "No, well, why don't you want to go?" Because what I don't want to talk to any of them people, and it's yeah. like it's pre deer season. Like all I want to think about is whitetails. I don't. I can't hold a normal <laughs> conversation with anybody who doesn't hunt or fish. They say like some joke about a movie, and I'm like, "Huh." Uh, nice <laughs> how about that invite to be in a wedding that's october 4th or Ooh. excuse me november november 4th and you just look at him like no no happening no sorry <laughs> go, uh, sorry in, i'll be in tahiti <laughs> <laughs> i moved to nebraska about a decade ago and that was weird right so transitioning from whitetail heaven uh, Central Illinois. I'll always refer to it as Pike County because I don't want them to come where I hunt. You just go <laughs> to like Pike it. County if you're going like to Illinois. It. That's that's where you need to be. But <laughs> Central Illinois, going from that and then moving to Nebraska. And by the way, moving out of that communist scum state of Illinois was a wonderful thing <laughs> to go to Nebraska, which is a fantastic place to live and raise your children. But I got to tell you, the areas that I am central Southern Nebraska, not high opportunity, like not a target rich environment. Right. And I say that you guys hunt on the East coast. So you could probably say, let me show you a non target rich environment, bud. (laughs) I mean, I'm still in the Midwest. Right. But there's a lot less trees. There's a lot less draws. There's a lot less things that I'm used to. So transitioning to Nebraska was really weird. And as I look at how how my hunting progressed and how my harvests progressed through the years, it went big whitetails, big whitetails, good whitetails, big whitetails, big whitetails. And then all of a sudden, you can tell. If you just flip through the calendar years, you can tell when I moved to Nebraska because it just completely switched to mule deer, which is a, com- a whole nother ball game, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. and, and I – I, nobody taught me how to mule deer hunt. I gutted it out and then fell into private land with some really great people, which, you know, always helps. Uh, but nobody teaches you how. So like I learned from Cody and Kelsey, like on, on, uh, at whatever they are now outdoor channel or, or wherever, but that's where I learned a mule deer hunt. And that's tough because you don't get to ask them questions. Right. <laughs> you just don't gotta watch their there. every move. You just gotta right. be there. Right. Yep. And, I can honestly say, first of all, I love those guys. They are my favorite TV show. Like, they're my favorite. However, they've cost me two ginormous deer. <laughs> <laughs> Explain that. You got to walk me yeah. through that. Yeah. How uh, do they cost you deer? Okay. So, uh, obviously, it was my fault, but I was using what I'd seen them do, right? So, uh, my second year. This was the year that I killed uh, I killed a big uh, typical five by five mule deer and I, I can get into that story but the the day before I killed that deer I was I, I call it canyon peaking crack peaking yep. so you walk downwind of cracks and you just kind of peek over the edge and and you might know where there's some some uh, perennial bedding areas or perennial actual beds you might not but i was peeking over and i peeked over and i fell to my knees because there was a 200 just licking his flank bedded down at i don't know 
21 yards, right? <laughs> so all I had to do was draw my bow and st- wind right in my face, draw my bow, stand up and shoot this animal that was bedded down broadside at 20 yards. And, and I said to myself, what would Cody and Kelsey do? And I'm sure that Cody would say, well, oh gosh, you know, I just stand up and I shoot him, you know, but I, I didn't know that. <laughs> so I, I decided that I was going to cut my wind and sneak around and be nine yards from him because that's how they're always standing right next to the animal. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Right. So I do that and I get out there and I like flex, right? I got my bow in my hand. I flex and I'm standing out in the sun. I'm like, Ooh, this is going to suck. Right. I'm going to get sunburnt right here. And then I said in my head, which I do a lot, and it's a fool's thing to say, I'll sit here till the end of time, right? <laughs> I don't care. I got you. And all of a sudden, his rack turns. He does the old dancey dance. He's going to stand up. I draw my bow, and I'm looking for my peep, and I can't find my peep. And he still doesn't know I'm there, but the wind's kind of swirling over the top of the canyon back to him. I can't find my peep, and I can't find my peep. And then I stop looking at him, and I look up, and I got my bow after all. <laughs> I, 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 I completely shit down my leg. I, I, I got my bow at half draw, and I draw your bow, you idiot, right? And I draw my bow, and I get it back, and then, of course, he explodes, and he's gone. So, oh, damn. Yeah, yeah, that was number one. Number two was this year. Uh, uh, I was mule deer hunting uh, with my friend Damien Riffle. He slides out to Nebraska. Um, he shoots a big 160. Uh, I saw that. And, and this, yeah, well, that deer, by the way, that score does not talk about that deer. It doesn't give him any kind of credit at all because he did that without, he was missing a top and missing a front. And he still made 160. The deer had seven and a half inch bases. He was ginormous. Beautiful. Yeah. And this idiot passed him so he could shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm super happy for him. Anyway, next day, Damien finds a deer for me. Uh, and he's, he says, you know, I've got this, uh, this big deer get in here. So I'm not exactly a, a specimen of health if you know what i'm saying <laughs> so he was like a million miles you know back on public land you know i'm making a joke but he was forever back into this piece and i'm up and down these canyons up and down these canyons i finally get to him i'm almost ready to die uh he's got the animal in his binoculars on a tripod i look i see him i find where i'm gonna go uh there's a, a, a really nice pine tree very near him it was about 35 yards when i got there everything's cool i got my shoes off and stand on the side hill and i said i'll stand here till the end of time <laughs> <laughs> i got you buddy you're mine and i'm kind of on the curve of a hill and uh, i see him do the antler thing and i've got great wind i see him do the antler thing and i i draw my bow back and i'm all good and then i see as I'm just starting to get settled, his rack turns and faces me and Cody and Kelsey always lay down, right? They always duck down. So my stupid ass ducks down at full draw and I take a knee on the hill and I'm like, it's okay. He's going to turn his head. Meanwhile, this deer is broadside. Now he's looking at me, but I've got the Josie Wales sun directly in my back. He can't see anything. <laughs> he can see nothing. <laughs> well, you know, I almost spit, right? So he, 
he's he's looking right in my direction and then he starts to look the other way and i stand up and i'm like all right it's it's night night time and he jumps this cliff at me and now he's walking at me and i had been in my head splitting the pins my 30 and 40 and he walked at me and now he's walking at me like this and he's eating on the way to me and I, I can't I mean you can't shoot at him you can't shoot at him at all like that he, he could ninja chop your arrows out of the out of the <laughs> air you know when you let go with his horns or something I don't know but it's not a good shot and he's big and and when I say big he was a big deep forks deep tops deep fronts uh, an eight to 10 inch kicker off his left G2 and another kicker below that. It was five, six inches. This deer is 180 inch typical with those flyers as well. Like this is the big deer. Uh, He gets to about 20 yards facing me. And then he gives me that, you know, Oh shit. He's got a gun. Look like he sees me. And he just, he just, (laughs) he just gives me a little bit of room or a little bit of rib. And I try and slip one in and I loined this deer like nightmares upon nightmares. I loined the deer. No man. So, Oh, it was terrible. It, it, it went to the fletch. The deer didn't bleed. Uh, we watched him go for a thousand yards minimum. (laughs) And then we got some permission from a landowner to go to this spot and, and look for him. And they gave us permission for one hour. Damn. to go into this yeah it's their property if i got something to say about it i should buy my own right i feel so, you i get it I, we were confident we had a four-wheeler and i had damien and damien is a horse right the, the guy's a mountain goat so he was all over everything uh and and we covered it pretty good i don't believe the deer was there and i also believe the deer's gonna live oh so yeah. it, it is what it is uh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to dwell on that too much. Cause I like talking about happy shit. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. That's crazy. It was, I don't know, man. I shoot my bow a lot. You guys know I shoot my bow a lot. I shoot my bow well. And we're talking about a, a what is now, you know, a 22, three yard shot. I mean, Trevor, when's the last time you missed a bag at 23 yards? When I forget to turn the dial? Yeah. <laughs> Good answer. <Right? laughs> yeah. So I, I, I missed this deer and it didn't turn out well. I didn't get the deer, I guess. Um, but I, I think we were talking about transitioning from Illinois to Nebraska. Yeah, I was just going to ask, like, like it would, it, it's got to be a whole different world. Absolutely. And, and, and here's, here's something that I had to get into. I had hunted family property my entire life. And so now you go into, you, you don't have any friends even, let alone family that's going to allow you to hunt. And the people out here were pretty awesome, right? I had some really good people take me in and, and just allow me to have a place to go hunt. And it was really important to me. And the first couple of years I was here, I didn't prioritize because uh, like, I, I don't know, that deer right there is 20, 
11, I think, and that deer is 2012. You know, I was killing 165s, uh, high 170s in Illinois, and I wasn't prioritizing Nebraska. I was just going back for two weeks and, and killing a nice deer. And so I, I didn't have whitetail property until last year in Nebraska. You know, we're talking about almost a decade. And I finally, uh, I finally got out. And, and Nebraska's got a funny law or a funny way of doing things. They put your county on your plate, on your license plate. Right. So like 45 county is where I'm from. If you have a 45 county plate, it's like you're okay. But if you have a 14 county plate and you're from Adams County, Nebraska, and you pull into somebody's driveway and ask them for permission, <laughs> you you are not getting permission. You don't right? have a chance. Yeah. So they're they're that they're that crazy about it. Well, it's city versus country, right? Okay. So so that's the difference. It's not it's not rural area versus rural area. It's outsiders kind of a thing, you know, and. It'd be like someone from Hartford coming and asking you to hunt in your backyard. Right. I, that's that's a, I'm sure that that's correct, right? Uh, it, it's, but then we moved when we moved away from a, a city because I'd never really lived in a city before, and I thought I hated Nebraska, but I don't. I hated living in town. So when I moved out of town, all of a sudden it was like I was home again, minus the trees. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It was just tough. It, and I've, I've killed some, some really good deer in Nebraska. Once I finally started getting the hang of it uh, and I've lost some properties I've gained some properties and I, I'm enjoying it. Right. Like I, I like living here. Would I rather be there where there was lots more bigger white tails? Well, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> that'd be all right. I, I don't think, uh, if you compare the two, there's nothing like being close enough to a mule deer to where you know that if you wanted to, you could probably make that last 15 yards st- uh, of the stock and touch him. Like right. you really could. And you know you could. And he's he has no idea. Like there, there's something to be said about that. But it doesn't, it doesn't measure up to a giant whitetail standing underneath your, your tree. It, it it just they're not they're not like the other there there's nothing that that compares the two. oh yeah they're night and day there's no denying it so, so is when when you had moved from illinois to nebraska did you have to like up your shooting game also because like the distances that you had had to shoot or what what not objection your honor that's a leading question <laughs> I was not sustained. I was not uh I was not shoot I was shooting uh out to sixty uh when I was at home. And, you know, that was no problem. I was killing does uh, on occasion, you know, at, at fifty. Um but I, when you come out here and and like I said, I don't know what to expect, right? I don't have any idea. So I just started shooting as far as my bow would allow me to shoot uh, as far as my sight picture would go before I started getting deflection. You know, my 20 yard pin isn't in the middle of my sight picture. It is at the very top. So 
I, I started working back and the, the short answer to the question is absolutely. The long answer is, I don't know if I needed to, but I don't know if you're a Tremors fan, but <laughs> Bert Gummer is like my hero, right? And he <laughs> says, Bert. if you need, that's right. If you need it and don't have it, you'll sing a different tune. And I like to be able to shoot 90 yards. Am I going to shoot deer at 90 yards? No, probably not. Um, but you would think, and, and here I am, I just got done telling you a story about how I lined one at 22, but you, you would think that, uh, shooting at that distance makes shooting at the closer distances. And you guys know this, I've seen you both shoot, uh, your shooters shooting at those distances is, is a totally a humbling experience. And then when you go to 20, it's like, is this what we're doing? You know? Right. You get a little like, overconfident. Oh yeah. And, and it's, but, but then again, it's pretty tough for you to miss a target, just a target in your backyard when you don't forget to roll your pen. That's why I'm a fan of, of multi-pen size. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Especially in the hunting scenario. Yeah. Um, I, I upped it quite a bit and uh, I can't shoot a hundred unless I cr actually cross the road at my current house. So I'll go like into the golf course, shoot across back across the road and then all the way down my property line as far as I can go. And I think that doing that makes you confident. Mm -hmm. And it's all about the, the level of confidence you have. I think when it, when it comes to making that count and, and I've, Obviously, I've had some situations arise where it didn't matter how much I shot. You know, if I'm shooting 50 arrows a night and then I go loin a deer the next week, there's things that you can't account for. And mm -hmm. and uh, a situation where a 180-inch deer is walking at me uh, at 20 yards and doesn't know that I'm there and I'm I'm standing in open country. Like, let's take all the furniture out of your living room, Trev, and then you stand on one side and I'll stand on the other. Like, that's how open it is between me and this deer. And I just uh, – I wasn't able to handle that personally, <laughs> obviously. Otherwise, I'd have stroked him. Well, so, see, and that, that's one thing. And some people may claim they never get it. Some people may deal with it. When you're faced with that kind of situation, your mind kind of goes haywire. And all you remember is I remember I clipped on and I pulled back and I pulled the trigger. And you're thinking oh, yeah. through your head, where was my pin? Was I on him? Was I looking through my peep? Did I level my bubble? Was I anchored correctly? You know, because at that point, it's pull back, let go. Yep. And until you've been in that situation, you really don't know how you're going to react. And I don't know what it is, but mule deer and elk will do that to you every time. <laughs> Whitetail, I tend to think a little better because I know they're a little more fidgety, so I think through things. But mule deer and elk, because you think that, oh, well, here we are, and they have no clue. It should be easy, right? Wrong. And, and that's the experience I've had. I think everybody's had that at, at some point in time. And, and it just... I suppose if it, you went out there and you just nonchalantly shot a 190-inch deer and climbed down out of your stand and walked over to him and loaded him in the truck and went and made dinner, that's not – That's not. we wouldn't do this shit, right? <laughs> True story. Yeah. I was going to say, hey, if you do that, you got to be living in Iowa or something. I know, right? Because it don't Speaking, happen here. 
speaking of making dinner, I want to share my two favorite things when it comes to cooking. I know you guys used to do a cooking segment, but you haven't done one forever. So I'm going to do a teeny tiny one right here. And it has to do with Louisiana Supreme is a marinade. If you marinate, uh, uh, marinate, uh, venison in Louisiana Supreme and then grill it that way. It's wildly good. If you haven't do that, you, you two both have to try that. And then it's on the list. Yep. And then Cavender's Greek seasoning on everything else. Everything. Hmm. My two favorite things in life when it comes to food, other than Trevor's lobster rolls, because I don't know how he does that. (laughs) (laughs) That's easy. He makes some and he goes, Steve, so I can fry them. (laughs) Yeah. How how does he do that shit? (laughs) Uh, Trev's the man when it comes to some seafood. No, I'm not. I'm 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 like a three out of ten to what's really up here, but that's besides the point. Well, yeah, we're coming <laughs> west to where nobody nobody's yes. had it, and then they think that you're the shit. Which, <laughs> I mean, Trev's the only guy that he comes down here to come hunt bear and deer, and he goes, "Oh, here's some thresher shark. Just throw that in your freezer." <laughs> okay, you got it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, congrats on that tuna. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Dude, Thank you. Wow. Wow. Like, yeah. I'm not a huge fisherman. I, I like to catch, right? But that is, uh, if people don't understand what you did, that is a, that's a thing, right? That's not a small feat. Like, you're kind of a big deal if you can do that. So, very <laughs> cool. It's, it's like, I don't know. To me, that's like, to catch that fish was probably to shoot my first 180. I think comparison. it was what in comparison. That Good that's like that's not like a two hundo. It's not no. like a two hundo. No, two hundo. Really? Two hundo is a hundred incher. That's my next goal. That's what I'm trying to break. Is I want to break a hundred inches. That was my goal for this season. It's not over yet, but that's my goal. I I want it. My two hundred is catching a hundred inch fish, which is a grander. Um, but. <laughs> I don't, in the fishing, in the fishing schemes of it, I'm, I'm a badass. In the hunting scheme, I'm just fucking new, bro. <laughs> He's got the okay. fish you don't have, and you uh, have the deer yes. that he doesn't have. That's hey, that's I, what it is, man. I did catch a trophy fish once. I caught a an 89 inch sailfish. That's a fucking good fish. Yeah, it was, it was a good fish. That's the only yeah. fish I've ever caught. Like Trev, you lost a few of those yesterday. No swords. We were oh, sword fishing. My bad. Uh, <laughs> Where were you when you caught that? Uh, off the coast of Cancun. Wow, like, that's bad. Bored out of my mind because we trolled for three hours and 25 minutes, and then all of a sudden it went, pop, and then he was on. And, uh, yeah, that's not much of a story. Like, no, but they it's- held it up, and then they threw it back. And- <laughs> It's cool though, man. And that's the thing with offshore fishing and people don't understand is like, it's 10 hours of misery and two hours of just the greatest shit in the world. And it happens in a matter of a second. Like everything could go from just, uh, just everyone kind of hanging out to like craziness. Well, I need to go when there's not five, six foot seas on a, on a 25 foot boat. Like I need to go when that's not happening because mm-hmm. I did not enjoy my experience. I got to tell you, he, he sounds really? like me. <laughs> it was not good. Like, I don't, I guess I don't even know what six foot C's are. I know that I felt like I was moving 12 foot back and forth every time we went over a wave. <laughs> okay. His sounds like my shark fishing experience. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hey, what is your favorite part at, about like the execution portion of a shot? What is your favorite part of of the you know the deer comes in and and start there until the time that a deer falls over? What do you have a favorite part? Like, is it the anticipation? What what, what is it? Trev, I'll let you take this one first. No, I think I honestly, it's 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 <laughs> oh, that's tough, man. That's a, that's a that's a crazy question. I think it's that 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 last. I guess my everlasting moment, which would actually probably be my favorite, is like that that split second when you're at full draw and you're about to pull the trigger and just the world stops. Mm. It literally stops because yeah. I can remember it like it's yesterday. Like just yeah. every single deer. I don't care if it's a small doe to the biggest buck that I've shot. Like it's that just when you're at full draw, everything aligns, the peep, the sight, the animal, and then you pull the trigger. And that right then and there, the world just stops. And it, that's, that's it right there. So, so the, uh, there was a, there was Kevin Costner's been in like 50 baseball movies. There was one <laughs> where he was a pitcher and, and like he would say mechanism on or some shit. And then everything else would get blurry except that you ever see that show. Yep. That's what it's like that for, for me, I feel that when I'm at full draw and that's my part isn't right before my favorite part is when you let go and that arrow is, is, is much higher than the animal it's much higher than the animal and everything's obviously in slow motion and when that arrow drops home and that that knock disappears into that deer is one of the wildest most surreal moments you can ever have uh there's nothing nothing like that in the world you stole my thunder, Clay, because <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. Not Maybe not quite as gracefully as you said it, <laughs> but I was going to say from that second that that trigger's released and the arrow leaves the bow and you've got that split second of whatever happens is going to happen. Either you executed right, it's now what you did versus what the animal's going to do, and it's out of your control. It's over. Either you and land it just, it or you don't. And then there's that worst part about that situation when the arrow is beautiful and it's coming in right perfect and you watch it drop and hit right between their feet. <laughs> That's happened. That's or happened right over its back. Uh, <laughs> right over the back two, tends to be the theme this year. <sighs> November 2nd, 2008. <laughs> One of the worst days of my life. What happened? Uh, oh, I, I, uh, we, I wasn't really running cameras at that point. I mean, I had some out, but uh, I didn't know what was there. I was just hunting the rut, which I, I think is, is a correct thing. And, and I, I want to get into that a little bit too, just for some personal feelings towards that. Uh, I'm in a stand and it is a super tall stand. And, and when people say I was 40 feet in the air, they weren't 40 feet in the air. I was, I was 40 feet in the air. I was 40, easily 40 feet in the air. I had two sets of full length sticks Jeez. to get to where I was. <laughs> so I'm in, I'm, I'm in this stand 
and I drew back. And this is where the this is where the saying originated from because it's the first time I ever said it, you know, mentally to an animal. I was like Jedi mind tricking him. I I'm filming over my back. I'm filming this little. Uh, I don't know, there's a four corn, whatever, a little, a really small basket rack. And I'm filming him and I look in front of me and I've got a corner of a cornfield and I don't know, a 165 nine with a seven inch flyer off his two is at 20. He's already came in tur- at turn the corner at 20 and is now going away. And I throw my camera. I had a cameraman stand in there with me. I thought I was going to be a, have a TV show, right? So I throw it in the cameraman stand that doesn't have a cameraman in it. And I turn around and I grab my bow and I draw my bow back. <clears throat> and now he's at like 50 walking dead away. And I, you know, I, I, I didn't know what to do. I'm already at full draw. And, and I gave him the old, you know, and yep. this deer turns around and he looks at the basket rack and he goes, I don't think so. Scooter. <laughs> and he starts walking he starts walking at me and i'm it's like yeah right i'm the man i just told this deer what to do and he's gonna do what i said and he gets to 40 and now he's facing me uh i you know what i apologize i hadn't i hadn't drawn back yet when he starts walking my way i drew back uh and he was at 40 yards and at that point that's you know that's a chip shot that's not a hard shot and he, I, I got my bow back, and it was an old Matthews switchback at like 65 pounds. I was shooting an, an XT, and he he turns. Or no, he's facing me, and I said, I will hold this bow back until the end of time. I got you. And this deer stands there, how big deer do. He stands there, you know, and about 30, 40 seconds in, we got a little little hand bouncing, and then the then the then the front of the bow starts getting a little bit heavy, and then pretty soon I'm going like this, and I'm trying to hold it back with my face because I can't I can't hold it back anymore. I mean, it's been you know a, a minute's a long time, right? And, and then there's I'm sure there's guys out there could hold their bow back for longer than me, but I had held it back as long as I could, and I finally had to the bow let itself up, and he is now still staring at me and he's staring at this little buck and he decides, I don't think I want to be over here. And he starts to turn and I, and he, he stops. That sounded kind of nor'eastery, didn't it? Yeah, a like, little bit. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, uh, he turns and he stops broadside and I'm like, yep, it's time. Yeah. And I can't draw my bow back because I'm completely gassed. And I put my bow down and I started taking really deep breaths and I'm trying to get some sort of oxygen into my blood. And he walks out to 50 and he comes back again to 40. And I get him, I get drawn back on him and I decide uh, to take this shot at him. And I, I look in front of me and there's a little, you know, there's a little leaf and a little limb on the tree. And I'm like, nah, 90% air. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, it, it obviously it deflected. And I see, I see the lighted knock doing the old dance and it was beautiful, right? Slow motion. 
And then all of a sudden it just dropped right past him, hit right between his legs. So that was, I, I don't know why I keep telling you stories about me missing. <laughs> it's all good. though. <laughs> hey, it's kind of refreshing though, it because that's, that's reality. You know, you don't kill a lot of big deer without learning from a lot of mistakes. Oh man. And I know one thing, life lessons with Clay Thurman, you cannot hold a bow back until the end of time <laughs> it is not possible you can't do that so so don't right don't there kid yourself. the title of the episode yeah. that's right <laughs> life lessons with clay thurman that's what you can do right there uh, another another life another life lesson never squirrel pouch moonshine <laughs> if, I, I will tell i will tell you about Ooh. this this I've told this story 500 times and I will tell it every chance I get for the rest of my life. So first of all, I need to explain to you what squirrel pouch and moonshine is. I was going to ask <clears throat> that first. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So squirrel pouching something would be taking a large enough drink that your cheeks fill and then you keep drinking. And then after you take the drink away, it takes three or four more swallows to empty your mouth of the liquid that you're consuming. Never do that with moonshine. And I, I, I'm trying to decide whether I'm going to use his name or not. I'll just say his first name, obviously, because there's about a thousand mics out there. So uh, my good friend, he comes over one Saturday night and he says, and this is really off subject, but we're going to do it. It's okay. He's, he Holy says, hey, man. He says, hey, man. This is years ago. He says, hey, man, I don't have to work. Harvest is over. Let's drink. You know, let's have, let's have a good time. Let's visit. And I was like, eh, you know, I'll have a – he's like, let's go to the bar. And I said, I don't, don't want to go to the bar anymore. Like, I, you know, I don't – I'd rather stay here. You know, I look, I got some, I got beer, I got some wine or whatever. What, what, what do you want? So he poured this guy, he says, okay. And he, this guy pours himself a, a beam and diet, right? <laughs> a full, huge glass of beam and diet. And he's not, this guy's not a drunk. He's not a, he's not a, 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 ter a, a terrible drinker. But so this dude drinks this glass and I guess I didn't realize how heavy he poured it, but it is what it is. And I had, I, I think I had a glass of homemade, excuse me, a glass of homemade wine in front of me. And pretty soon he says, hey, I won two shots and two free drinks at this bar on the radio. He's a trucker. He, you know, he, he called into a radio station, whatever. And he's like, let's go, let's go. And I said, all right, all right, that's fine. So we go back. And, and we go to this bar and long story short for that part, we leave, right? We get to drinks. I convince him to come back and, and we're sitting in the basement and he, uh, I see him get ready to pour himself another big drink and he pours his big drink and I'm reaching back. I, I had a jar of shine and I, and I opened up to shine and this was uh, lightning. It wasn't shine. It was, it was. Yeah. Real straight. lightning. Yeah, it wasn't cut at all. Good old-fashioned corn whiskey. Yeah, so I took a little sip of it, and I set it down on the table, and I smoked at that time. And I reached back to grab my cigarette out of a, an ashtray, and when I turned around, I see a full 
squirrel pouch. <laughs> and and so he like like he sets the jar back down in front of me and I went <laughs> and I slowly pulled it away from him and we go on talking and you know, I mean it's been it's been 45 minutes or something and I look up and it's like it's like midnight and I don't I don't stay up late. And I'm like, "Hey, it will if you and I sit here, we'll sit here until four o'clock in the morning and we're gonna ruin our days off, right? We, we don't wanna sit here and heal all weekend. Let's just do this. Let, let's let's call it let's you go home, we'll talk tomorrow. He's, okay, let's do it. On way up the stairs and he's fine. Like the guy's fine. He had that big beam earlier, but he's fine. He's walking up the stairs and I hear him bump into the wall and i was like oh you know he just kind of lost his balance it hit him. <laughs> so, yeah and he and he lives across the street from me right so he walks up and he uh, i later find out that the last thing that he remembers is stepping off of my porch and, and he i i just don't think he knew what he was doing like uh, he wasn't doing it on purpose and like i say the guy's not a big drinker so he leaves and then the next day i tell you all of that and it's long and i'm sorry i tell you all of that to tell you this the next day i'm standing in a three-gun competition loading an ar magazine because i've got to shoot uh, i'm i'm like in the hole or something and i got to shoot and i'm loading ar 15 mag and he calls and i say hey what's up man and he goes oh nothing i said hey make it quick i'm, I'm loading the mag i got to shoot and he goes well i guess i shit up the house last night <laughs> And at that point, I stopped loading my magazine. I laid it on the table. I looked at my friend who was there, and I said, I'll be right back. And I calmly and politely said to him, you have my attention. <laughs> so he, he, wakes, he wakes up, and he's laying, like, he's laying, and he just feels terrible. He's, he's laying there, and, and he, he's... And I get all this later, right? He's telling me it's over the phone. He's laying there, and all of a sudden, he feels himself itching, right? And he realizes <laughs> he, he realizes that his butt is like spackled shut with poop, <laughs> and and that there's little poop crusties and stuff. <laughs> and so he goes to the shower. And he's, he's he like, you know how there's always a mirror like over, you know, in the bathroom and he's reaching past it to turn the shower on and he jerks his head back and he looks and he has like a Pawnee dances with wolves handprint, <laughs> oh, no. handprint on his face. Right. And then he goes and he looks down and he's got a Pawnee handprint on his stomach and another dances with wolves handprint on his knee. And and he says, at that point, he gets in the shower and he's all crying game in the shower, right? <laughs> and his wife comes in and she and she opens the door and she says, "Are you okay?" And he says, "Yeah, I, I, I think so." And she said, "Okay, good. What the hell's in the middle of the living room floor?" Oh, shit. <laughs> so, so he, uh, oh. we did some, so we do, we have to do some Perry Mason to figure out what happened here, right? So 
he gets a little bit of information from her and then he and I kind of patch this together. So here is what happened. And here is why you don't squirrel pouch moonshine. He comes home. Uh, his wife is like, I'm going to go sleep in the basement. And then he sits down to watch. He sits down to watch TV charts. And then like takes his pants off right there and then drags it down the couch and 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 finishes the business and then he puts his hand in it right because he puts his hand in it and yeah yeah, and and then then he gets done and he goes oh (laughs) (laughs) Oh. (laughs) and he realizes what he's just done and that's where the next handprint comes in because he he projectile vomits across the living room uh, and he puts his hand on his knee and he gets that one too. And then as he's walking away, he kicks his underwear and they land on the kitchen table. And that's where she found him the next day. And, and she got new carpet and new furniture. And I don't know why I just chose to tell you that story, but I think it's valuable. I, it's like a PSA because if you squirrel pouch moonshine, you will absolutely regret that shit. Like, don't don't do that. It's it's for sipping, oh. right? Oh my goodness! It's for sipping. That that is a life lesson that I would pass to someone. Uh, Hands and, and down. Again, uh, again, this guy. <laughs> awesome person stand-up guy not some kind of drunk he's a guy who came who went from zero to squirrel pouch just like that and you don't just don't do that Uh, that. uh. (laughs) wow i i kind of derailed us let's let's no i I love it i love it no i think it's great i think it's a life lesson that needs hands down probably we we've had some funny stories on here they almost need a squirrel pouch t shirt. <laughs> oh yeah, never following my drift. T-shirt. You know what other t shirts you need? Uh, uh, Bambi's mother was a management doe t shirt. <laughs> oh oh, now we're going down a rabbit hole. I can get behind. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I, I think it's hilarious. And uh, Bambi's I, I mother that... was a button doe. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Bambi was a button dough. <laughs> oh. uh, so let's talk about cell cameras. No, 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 no. I want to, I want to, before we go crazy on the cell camera thing, I, I want to go back because you had said something about hunting the rut. Oh. And, and, and you wanted to talk about hunting the rut. Okay. So that leads into cell cameras and we'll talk about okay. that at the same, same time yeah. there. So, because it is pre-rut here now. I don't know what it is over there on that side of the world, but here it's pre-rut. Yeah, about pre-rut. yeah they're, they're, they're thinking about it, right? Um, I'm, I'm starting to get a, a few more pictures here and there, and a little bit of daylight to some uh, you know, 130-ish type deer. I got my first daylight today. Can yeah, I got a daywalker. Can I, can yeah, I let me see here? It's fucking pretty cool. I'm excited. I'm going in after him tomorrow. Very nice. Yeah, he called me. He goes, I got a daywalker, dude. What do you think? And I went, uh... Why are you not in there tomorrow? Five forty nine. There he is. Hold still. Zoom You're good. Hold still. In a little. No, it's all right. Just hold. Oh, he's nice. For an East Coast deer, he's not bad. Yeah, a little bit. 
Yeah, zoom in. There you go. Yeah, he's nice. Yeah. Yeah, that that's an he's East a Coast trophy. That's just that's an East Coast one thirty. But anyways, go ahead. Uh yeah, I, I was in West Virginia last week hunting deer and I would have shot a one fifteen all day. If one walked in and there was one Dude, you should have in the called. area. You were like an hour from me. Uh well, I was uh doing the whole mountain mama thing, I guess. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Do you hear any banjos? Oh man. I loved it there. <laughs> like it was awesome. I don't want to get that's a that's a whole nother podcast talking about West Virginia. That's like a two parter. Uh the, <laughs> we'll reserve needless that needless to say the only thing I got in West Virginia was some really good shine and a friend. So those are two good things I brought back, but it sure as hell wasn't a bear or a deer. Did you see any mountain mutants? <laughs> no, like hills have ice shit? Yeah. That's no. everybody in West Virginia. <laughs> Trev got to see no. some mountain mutants while he was down here. Steven thought I was getting fucking shot at in the tree stem. Oh, yeah, dude. Like I'm having a straight heart attack, panic attack, flashbacks to Iraq because I hear gunshots right in line with where I know Trev's sitting. And I know how some of these mountain mutants are. I'm trying to send him a message. We have no service whatsoever where we are. And I'm like, crap, I can't get it out. And I'm not getting anything from him. I'm like, crap, dude. I hope somebody didn't come down and find him and go, you're too close to my property. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> actually, in the YouTube video it's it, <laughs> that we just released from the Virginia trip, it was actually in there about yeah. what they yeah. got shooting. <laughs> Fucking, they're crazy down there. It's a whole different breed of human <laughs> being. Anyways, uh, so, carry on. So, so, <laughs> so, so <laughs> if uh, we ever get I, there. I enjoy the tangent. So, it, Obviously, I have to preface this with, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Who am I, right? There there are people that know way more than me. I'm not the end-all, be-all. These are just my opinions, and this is how I like to do things, and that's what I've learned. And I've learned a lot in the past two, even you know, recently in the past year, the past two years, that have changed the way that I think. Uh, but it all kind of rolls back to to this for me. Cell cameras now if you if you have an unlimited amount of cell cameras people that that hunt october and by the way those people are killers right they're putting crazy time in people that hunt october and that kill deer in the middle of october and and they use cell cams to do it they're it's different right it's different than the way your father hunted or or my father hunted it's not it's hard to describe because i just now slipped into that cell camera uh realm and by the way i love it this isn't a trad bow guy insulting people with wheel bows i love the cell cameras because they allow me to be lazy right i'm all about that (laughs) (laughs) so but what happens is these guys, they get so much intelligence, which they work very hard to get. They get so much intelligence on that deer, right? Cause they're hunting that single deer that it's, I don't know. It's almost like cheating. And by the way, cheat, <laughs> like shoot <laughs> yeah. those big deer. Like I said, I'm not taken away from that. And I'm not trying to be political either because I don't care. But if you know 
the exact place a deer walks every day and you have something that sends you something that tells you when he's walking there, it's a different kind of hunting. So it, it, it's a different kind of hunting that, that have then happened before there was cell cameras. And, and even back before there was just cameras, there was people were actually scouting people were looking for tracks people were looking for crossings they were uh doing observation sits and really learning the property that they were hunting on so rut was the the time to get that all taken care of right so when somebody hunts strictly off the cell camera thing it doesn't make them any worse of a hunter as a general rule somebody who does that and really puts a lot of time into cell cameras and things like that they're killers like those guys are oh i get it 100 they kill big deer there's something to me personally and i don't want to say i like getting lucky right because it takes a lot of work to get lucky a lot of course um but bonus bucks people talk about bonus bucks oh i've never seen that deer i think and it's a weird i don't know it's a it's a weird way to think about it but i think that when people kill bonus bucks it's a testament to their scouting ability a little bit it doesn't mean it every time but if you if you're putting yourself in those positions without the kind of instant data that's getting sent to your phone to let you know animals are in the air and when they're moving in daylight hours. If you're killing bonus bucks like each year consistently for me, that's something that I, I respect. I'm not saying I don't respect the killers that smoke them with the cell camera. Damien Riffle uses cell cameras heavy and that guy is a murderer like i i I want a shirt that says i want to be like damien right (laughs) the guy kills giant deer so i don't take away from that but for for me i think we get so far away from scouting and knowing properties that i think we kind of lose something I, i don't know you're you're not alone and like I said, don't get me wrong, and I'm with you on this 100%. I have a property that's three and a half hours away that I have cell cams on, strictly out of the fact that it's three and a half hours away. How do you keep yeah. tabs on that without driving sure. down there and pulling that shit and checking that shit? You know, I, I know the status of my batteries and my memory card and what's coming through. And, and and you know when a tree is making your camera sh- take 7,000 pictures and you're not wasting the whole thing, you can shut it down or go trim right. or whatever you need to do. Turn the sensitivity down. They're yeah. amazing tools. And I, now that I've talked about how it takes it away, I have also like the intelligence that you get from them. I mean, yes, it's so crazy. Uh, and I'm using a Spartan and I... I've never used any other ones, so I don't have anything to base it off of, but I can say that I am 100% happy in every way with this part. So if, if you're, if someone's out there looking for a camera, uh, that's a good camera. 
I, I would recommend that one, right? And I've right. only got one, and next year I'm going to drop some serious coin, and I'm going to get about 10. See, and that's <laughs> what Trev did in his case, and I'll let him speak to that. Uh, on my end, I have run spy points, and they've been hit or miss. Trev has had great luck with the newer ones. I've run a stealth cam, which has been an absolute shit show from day one through three different versions they've replaced. And really? I've run a Bushnell, two Bushnells now, and both Bushnells have performed admirably against my expectations. I thought they'd be crap. Yeah. So they've done great. But I know Trev, they went out and, and they did exactly what you're talking about for some of those hard-to-get places that you don't want to traipse through to pull your cards and get the data. They got some damn good intel, and I'll let him cover that. Yeah. Well, we had started with the Cuddy Back system, right? The Link system. We had gotten one of those, and sorry, it's fucking garbage, garbage. Because D batteries, come on. And and the problem with it is they don't, you can't run them on lithiums. So your long, the longevity of it is is garbage, right? So so we have these things all the way back in public, and what most people would say is a mile hike, or yeah, they I go a mile, mile deep back there. Yeah, yeah, it was really it really is fucking six miles. It's miserable. And the way we have to get in is through a Creek and wade through there. And I mean, it's like, it's no joke. Um, so you put them in there, we put them in the end of July, early August. And by the end of August, they're dead. Yep. And because they're just linking back and forth to each other. So then we had bought a dozen spy points and so, so they, they, uh, the, the cuttybacks, what they taught one talks to the other, talks to the other, talks to the other, and it allows you to daisy chain out into the woods. Yes, Basically, you, yes. And it sends to what's called your home camera, which is your easy access camera. And you and walk in, one, you pull that card, and it has the pictures from all the other cameras. But in transition, it sucks the life out of the batteries of every camera. And, and ours was a good idea. It. It's, it's a good idea, but right. it's like. <laughs> A Spartan just kicked the living shit out of it because you don't need a home camera. You just use that one. Yeah. Well, and the thing with this, so so it's actually kind of badass. So the Link Wireless and what that does is that links the three cameras to the home camera. So you have four cameras and then your fourth camera or your home camera is wireless. So then it sends it back to you so that so you don't have you to have four cameras. Camera. Yeah. So, you, so like on a plan with X amount pictures or whatever you know what i'm saying so you're not paying okay. per you're paying for one camera on wireless and the other three are sending to that camera and if it was like if it went to like a double a lithium it probably would work out a oh, little yeah. bit better but or even give you a solar know. option not that where you have them would ever get sun so, so the problem the problem with them now like so i have spy points and i still run the stupid cutty backs too but i gotta put them closer but the spy points is that they don't always trans trans they don't transfer back to you. So like fucking you'll be looking every single day and you're hoping for those pictures and then three days later a buck comes through. I, the camera the pictures come through and there's been a buck there for three days. And you're like, what the fuck? See, so now I, you're missing out on that. That's the one thing I will say of all <laughs> the cameras I've run, I haven't had the opportunity to run the Spartan, but the Bushnell of all cameras is it's the only wireless. Camera. Yeah. We have oh, nice. two Wi-Fi's down on the North Carolina property, or two wireless, and those things have never skipped a beat as long as they're in service. And I had never. Well, let's until, talk about the service. 
So let's talk about service because this farm that uh, I'm running one close to home. Uh, it's close to home. It's 10 miles, but it's here. Um, I had never run one before. I put it out to see it would go. And when I walked down into the woods, this is, uh, I call it the murder hole. There's just a really nice spot on this property. I put it down in there. And when I drop over this cliff, there is no service. And I'm not talking spotty service. I mean, none. it's off. My phone says no service. So here I am looking at this camera with three bars because the antenna is this big like it's a whale tail it's as big as my hand and i put it on there and it just works so if i can do that i am i'm fully impressed that's amazing yeah you know it's kind of funny is that we're talking about cell cameras do you you, i left for a second there for those that weren't paying attention does anybody know what this is you ever seen this you know what that is that's a that's a bobbin yeah. Do you know what that's that goes a, that's to? It's an old bobbin pin on a sewing machine. No. Do you know what this is? <laughs> <laughs> Throwback. How and what old this is? That? It's kind of funny, and it actually this played out very well. I can't well. believe you still have that thing, dude. Well, so this is funny, and, and I don't have one, dude. I have bags of them. So I had gone to my brother's house today where, where it's my, my, That's first, what you didn't tell me my about. homestead uh, <laughs> where I grew up and I was going through a lot of old shit there. Uh, just old hunting gear. My dad's old hunting gear and everything like that. And uh, my brother says to me, he goes, I got something that you want. And I'm like, what's that? He goes, old trail timers. I said, pop's got a ton of them. So I said, hell yeah, I want them because I want to put them in the man cave. You know, like that's where it all started, man. I remember being a kid yeah. and we'd go out and we would check all the trail timers. We used to do that all the time, man. That was like the cool thing. You go and you go check them. So those are, those are trip wires? Yeah, they, the trail like, timers. They set the camera off? Yep. When they, Not a camera. You run you the string across you when, and when they cross that string, the clock stops and tells you what time the string was broken. So, so I'll explain this. So right here. There's a there's a camera on it, okay? So if you're not watching on YouTube, it's going to be hard to understand kind of what we're explaining, but I'll describe it cuz I don't know what the hell I'm looking at. So he's got a box that's about the size of like a, a an old cassette tape. Yeah, yeah, cassette tape size. And then it's got a bobbin, which is it's just a small uh thing with thread in it, a string and spool. We'll like say. this is yeah, it's some uh James Bond shit. It's got a, it would tell you when an animal walked through and broke the string. So what happened is you would you would take this there's a there's a zip tie that goes in the side here. See the zip tie on the side? Mm. It's an actual zip tie and it goes inside of there. And what happens is you would push it down in there like that. You would have this side like this. This string bobbin, this actually comes out. And what you do is you use a string and you tie it. You have this thing tied to a tree on one side. That's what this is for. So it would be tied in a tree and you would have it on a deer run. And what you would do is you would take that bobbin and you would run the string across to the next tree on the other side of the run. And you'd have it about knee height is key. Because what happens is if it was too low, then like a raccoon or whatever would go through. And then you would tie the string onto here. And when the when the deer would walk through, it would pull the string. Like yeah, this. It's it, would, a, it's it would turn off the clock. The time. It's like the standard uh, 
it's the standard uh, uh, lone wolf McQuaid grenade booby trap where yeah. the timer is the grenade on the tree, and then as the bad guy walks through and pulls the pin, boom. Mm. Exactly. Yep. That's <laughs> and not that only suit. not only weird, but like that's uh, like that's that's next to worthless. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's, hey, what time something you know what through here? It maybe something walked through. If, and yeah, that's where it all started, bro. And this wasn't even that long ago. Yeah, you, well, this wasn't think even about that it. That was ago. that had to be twenty-five years ago, early nineties. Yeah, 25, 26 years ago. Wow. Yep. And you would have in it, and you literally twelve to eighteen inches off the ground. You'd have to run it just so you would know what can't run through there, so like the foxes and stuff wouldn't trip it. It was crazy, and that's that's what we all started with. And then you know, this is where it originally started, right here. This was this was the the original of the all originals. Wait, so you were out there checking those, Trev, when you were what, eleven? No, I was younger than that. Yeah, I was gonna say, dude, that that shit's almost as old as you are. Five, five, six years old. Holy crap! Yeah, I remember running them when I was a kid. We That's used to run nuts. the woods, and we would have tons of them everywhere, and we would just have my deer runs, and you go out and you check, and then then you would go and you'd sit. And hope that it was a deer and you knew that those deer, you would obviously have it, you know, you'd have it and in two days, three days or whatever, you'd go and check. And if you had it at the same time and you sit that stand and you would know that the deer were running so, through there. So at it's that like time. the equivalent of checking your camera every two or three days to get one picture of whatever it was. It only got one picture. But the picture wasn't there, just the time at the bottom of the picture. Yeah, the timestamp. The picture was grayed out or blacked out. Oh, that sounds like a good way to get attacked by a Bigfoot. <laughs> hey, dude, I'm down. As long as you got a camera when it happens. The, uh, I, this is way the hell off base. <laughs> I never would have ever said Bigfoot could ever have existed, right? Because I've lived in Illinois, Wisconsin, Texas, in Nebraska, I'm like, hey, could Bigfoot exist? Uh, no. And then I went to West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, MythBusters. It's plausible. Like, there's some weird <laughs> shit happens up there. In sorry, these mountains, man. Uh, I'm lying. sorry. Don't be. Trust <laughs> I, me. I, I, I derailed this again. I spend okay. my entire day up in these mountains. I don't disagree with that thought process at all because some weird shit happens up here so i i, I, I got again yeah i, I want to go back to the raw i def, i was gonna i was gonna definitely go there so i want to know like what do you do during the rut like what is your okay. what's my mantra how do yeah if i were to tell somebody how to kill a deer right mm -hmm. so <clears throat> in in target rich environments like Illinois, Iowa, Kansas, you know, places where big deer are. Um, we used to say, and, and, you know, my dad would say to me, uh, if you go back there and sit uh, in, in the hole, we used to call it the hole. It was just a big low spot and in, 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 uh, heavy timber. If you sit at the hole, and you sit there from shotgun season, because we had shotgun season in Illinois, right? It's, it's three days, and then two weeks later, it's four days. So if you sit there the entire shotgun season, you'll kill a big deer. And that is so not true. <laughs> like, like it, 
it, it can be true, but just going to the stand, to that stand and sitting there every single day, that's not, that's not true. You're, you're, you can't say that you're going to kill a deer if you do that. So what I do is kind of related to that, which is I think that hard hunting in good locations kills big deer. And I know that, well, whoa, wow, what a revelation, you know, working hard will help you kill big deer. But it really is that simple to me. If you, and, and I've heard so many people on so many podcasts lately say, you know, we hunt October. Oh, I hate November. I love November. Is is there a reason why they like October? Is it because that those deer are still in the food to bed and they're that, very easy that's to... It. That's they're what they say. Well, they say because they've been gaining this intelligence, right? So they say that's why they like them. And I... I, I great. You know, I, I understand. I get it. They're not wrong. When they've got... I would hate the rut too if I had a particular deer pinned down. And now he's moving. But I don't... Yeah, and then he leaves. I don't, I don't pin deer down necessarily like that. And, um, I'm, I wish I, I would, if you offered, if you said, Hey, Clay, you give me a hundred bucks right now. I'll, I'll tell you where I got one pinned down. Like I know his routine. Well, I'd give you a hundred bucks because it's in the end, it's about killing a big deer. Um, but I, I hunt hard, right? That's my, that's my point is, is, it's sort of what my dad used to say, you know, but then you have to mix in the obvious factors of uh, wind. And I mean, scent control is cool, right? I'm not anti-scent control. Uh, I'm, I'm pro scent control, but I also don't, don't think you have to have those, that, that kind of high speed shit to be able to kill a big deer. You, right. you hunt, you hunt the wind, right? And and then you also do those things uh, as much as you can to to up your you know up your chances. Uh, but I believe that if the wind blows past my neck and that exact little ball of wind goes down and hits a deer in the face, it's a four year old deer in the face. He's he is going to smell me. I don't care if it went through seventy layers of ozonics, right? <laughs> it, it, if, if if that one if that little pocket of air that just came off my neck goes to him, he's going to smell me, and I believe it in my heart. So that's that's why you hunt the wind, and the rut from a from a fun and enjoyment standpoint will allow allows me to go in and really have the experience. Um, I think if you were able to just plan your how your dream hunt went it wouldn't be that you walked in and the first two minutes you shot your dream animal. If you were to plan your dream hunt, you want to see some things. You want to go hunting. You want to have a, have a good experience. And there's no experience like sitting through an Illinois rut, right? That November uh, uh, 7th day when you literally see 15 different bucks and, and four of them, are, you know, might not kill them, but you know, four or five of them are above 130, and, and you just go, what happened? 
what is going on? This now this is whitetail hunting. Like this is fun. This is the stuff that TVs shows and and dreams are made of. So I hunt extremely hard from whatever whatever the weekend is prior to November one, right? So I start hunting pretty tough and then the October 25th area, you know, I'll start really putting some evenings in and, 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 and having some fun sits and I won't go crazy, but I will, I will spend time in areas that I believe could produce uh, good animals. And I use, I use pinch points mostly because you're looking for traveling animals in the rut pinch points and heavy cover with bedding areas are where I focus uh, I, I'm not a big food source kind of guy uh, in November and it's just me. I don't know if I'm right. I don't know if I'm wrong. I, I'm, I'm more go where the does at are at. And I also don't shoot does. I don't look down on people that shoot does. I am not a guy who believes that you should be uh, executing the girls in your area that the boys are going to want to come see. Right. So that's, that's one thing that, that really weighs heavy on me is I think about deer like they're people and I relate them a lot. I I relate the rut to a college bar. So if you have quarter drafts at the college bar, it's going to be full of, uh, uh, it's going to be full of people. And if you can somehow find a way to, to get the girls there, the boys are going to follow. And so if I'm shooting the does off my property, I feel like I'm turning the girls away at the door. You know, my bouncer is telling them they can't come in. So I don't, I just personally, that's not my thing. I know lots of other people that will tattoo one first week in November and drag her to the drag her to the gator and, and, and get it done. That's not me. Uh, I don't, I very rarely will shoot a doe. Um, and I don't know if that's right or wrong, but you asked, so this is what I do. Um, I hunt hard. I hunt the wind. I don't over hunt stands because I've been in situations where I have over hunted a timber and I, and I used my, my dad's uh, old advice of just just gut it out, right? And that's why I I say that grinding sucks, right? Oh, it's the grind. We got to grind it out. I don't know if grinding is worth it. Like the true grind where it's your 15th day and you've progressively in all of your different spots seen less and less and less and less and less deer because right. of you hunting it so hard. Right. Right. So I, I don't believe that – I don't believe, for me personally, that an actual grind – I grind every year. But every year, if I have to grind really, really hard, I ask myself if there's something else I should be doing right now. And I, and I, I always answer no because I love deer hunting. It was, in my, it was in my wedding vows, and that's, I'm not exaggerating, that I, I get to hunt deer in November – period and she's always welcome to come with me but like she knew what she was buying that day right. there was there was no fine print like it was right out in the open there 
November is time. That's when we hunt deer. That's what we do. Um, so, so what I'm getting is, is what your, your philosophy here. And I a hundred percent agree with you. It's you hunt it hard, but you have to do it smart. And ultimately that's what it comes down to, especially where we are because you go in and you blow something out two days, you're not going to see a deer for three weeks. Yeah. And that's one big, uh, I'm going to say a big difference between the East coast and the Midwest is here, you know, you get one chance. You're not going to go in there and screw something up and expect to see anything for a while. You may get away with the Midwest. We're not, I, I'm not going to say we're experts on it because we don't hunt the Midwest. This will, Ohio will be the closest we've done ever. And we're going to take your advice because that's actually our plan going in is we're going to go in, we're going to scout it, and we're going to hunt it hard but smart. If the wind's not right, we're not going in. If the situation's not right, the sign's not right. You know, why waste our time here? Because it looks good, but there's no sign or the wind's wrong when we can go over here. See, one thing one thing I've kind of learned is like with the wind thing, the wind situation, like if the sign is there and it's fresh, not that you want a bad wind, but you'll take a moderate wind. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not 100% perfect, but still go in there because you know that that deer's there. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if it works, but sometimes you'll blow uh, them out. You see a fresh sign. I can I can get on board with that. I would have to say it a different way because everybody's situation is different. In rut, a, a man that has killed lots and lots of big deer that's that is a a friend of mine told me that it's the rut it doesn't matter do you know what direction they're going to come from right and that's and that's what he says is that in the rut it doesn't matter your wind now here i just got done talking about my wind was you know i, I hunt the wind well well yeah you go in with the intention of hunting the wind correctly right but but in the rut they can literally come from any direction that we're talking about they 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 will chase a doe in a circle i mean right she she's not running on trails she's just running uh it, it's it's crazy uh, that that same guy he he tells stories uh he saw like a, a four and a half year old big eight and he doesn't shoot animals like that he shoots bigger ones than that which is scary to me because if i had a big four and a half year old 150 inch eight point he's gonna die and i'm gonna be so happy you've never even now he he's he would let a deer like that pass you know but he saw like the rut is just insane he saw a a, a four and a half year old big old eight point or whatever it was hold a button buck down and rape it like he watched that happen and it's th that type of wild insanity with the big deer running all around is that is to me that's hunting i'm not talking about sitting yeah. back and watching button does get raped i'm talking about <laughs> the wildness of and the unpredictability of you never know what's going to come through here right now it's not hey uh uh the buck i named charger comes out into this field every single night at 8 30 the last three nights or every single morning at 8 30 
I'm going to be here at eight 30 and I'm going to kill him when he comes out. Well, that's cool. That's awesome. That's a different kind of hunting for me. I enjoy the Holy crap. I could have a 185 just saunter by me and not ever know he was even there. Mm-hmm. And that for me, that's those bonus bucks uh, are excitement at that deer that I killed last year uh, in Illinois. He was a bonus buck. That's not the deer that I was hunting. That wasn't, there was multiple deer I was hunting and he wasn't one of them. And I'm telling you what he was there to whoop every one of their butts when he walked in the door. He wasn't, he didn't score more than them. He was like 156 or something like that, 157. Uh, oh, such a 10. scrub. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we're talking about giants. Right? I know, we're I know. We're talking about giants. That, that's him. That's him right there. He's gorgeous. Yeah, he, and he was awesome. Uh, but I didn't know who that deer was. I saw him the year before at, at a glance. I didn't realize that it was him until I, you know, was standing over him. Uh, but it's, it's that part of, of the excitement that gets me. And my strategies are based around where are the does and mid morning bedding areas. I know this is just regurgitation, but there's a reason that people are saying it and have been saying it for years. Mid-morning bedding areas, late-morning bedding areas uh, are places that bucks will troll through. And Are, are you hunting all day? <sighs> no. Am I waking up in the morning and sitting a stand all day? Absolutely not. I have done that and found way more times than not that it was a 100% complete waste of my time are you getting up early in hunting i i will hunt there was a year when i got cocky so 2013 i decided to not hunt mornings because i i wasn't killing deer in the mornings so i decided to not hunt mornings and i didn't and on about the 15th day of the grind when i was starting to realize (laughs) that i wasn't going to kill a deer i started hunting mornings and by that time question what could i do different that's right. That's right. And by that time I'd already completely roasted, you know, where I was hunting and all I was doing was just staring at hillsides. And I think that, that situations like that really make you understand, right? It's the whole, it's the whole failure portion, you know, uh, if you fail, you learn from it and you really, really do because I don't, if if I start not seeing animals, I I will leave. Like the, I'm not talking about leave that hunt. I'm talking about I'm not hunting that farm anymore. I, I'm going somewhere completely different because that stand is toast. If you go in and you see eight does your first night, and then you see five, and then you see two, and the only thing now is that same year and a half old basket rock that basket back. <laughs> basket buck that keeps walking back and forth past your stand every night and that's all you're seeing you have you have to leave like you need to make a command decision and go somewhere else and that's hard for grinders right because we're in illinois anything could happen if, if you walk in and torch an entire 60 acre block of timber with your stink for five days you got problems 
Right. So kamikaze moves are cool when they work, but if you kamikaze something, you, you better be prepared to have to go somewhere else because that's the definition of the kamikaze. You just destroyed everything you got going on. You rolled the dice, and if it doesn't work, you might be in trouble. So, and you're and running here I am. on permanent stands? Are you you doing mobile? What you? So, I am not. I I'm leaning in the direction of buying a mobile setup. Right. I I use climbers. Um. As a matter of fact, I sat. I I've been had been using uh, older lone wolf climbers for a long time, and I've killed. Well, I killed that buck out of a lone wolf i killed that buck out of a lone wolf uh and then these two deer were uh uh permanent stands uh hangers in advance but i don't i don't hunt public land so the idea of me putting a stand up and taking a stand down like that just you know what I mean? I don't, that, that does not do anything for me. Like I'm fat. I don't, <laughs> I get it, man. Right. I understand um, it. But I, but when, when you talk about like a hang and bang type situation, that is a real thing. Um, when you're seeing deer and they're in a certain location and you go set up and do a hang and hunt, that is, uh, I, I can't discount that in any way. I've done that, but I do it with permanence, uh, with a plan to to take it down never. Because why would I take it down? That's a place where my deer are be, right? right? I found right. out that that's the spot they want to be because <clears throat> there's always one tree on a farm, right? That one tree, once you finally narrow down that one place, that is that is the spot. Right. That's and the kill hole. That, it's right, the meat and that, factory. And yep. And I, I stumbled into mine in, in Nebraska last year by total accident. And it's just um, just a really good spot. I don't even want to talk about it and jinx myself. Like, it's just. I, I feel you. That's why I let Trev stumble into my most recent one. Oh, man. It is a pinch point for sure. Uh, help me out here, Trev. I derailed myself again. <laughs> oh you're good no we we're just talking mobile hunting and moving oh yeah uh, so, more so permanent mobile. or um because like i guess I, the, the reason i ask this right so if you're in on a spot and you have your permanent set and those deer are moving at that tree right what do you do to make that happen so if those if you see that buck and he's running an area and, and he does it you see it two times how do you move in on him you know, because for me, like, so if I was to go in a spot, being a mobile hunter, I go into right. a spot and that those deer are running at 80 to 100 yards and I've seen that buck run by twice. I'm sure it's fucking getting out of that likely. tree oh, really? and I'm going over there. Oh, wow. I would never do that. And I'm not saying I would never advise that anyone do it. Right. I'm saying personally, I would never do that. And, and what's the probably, reason why? Uh, fear? I guess I've never even thought <laughs> I've never even considered fucking doing that. Like I know people that do that. I've, yeah, I've had people tell twice, me stories. What's to say he's not going to come through a third time? 
Yeah. Um, or get or get well, down. Here's the thing. Come back are next you, day. Are you able I to tear tell down you your setup and get back up in a matter of minutes as opposed to hours? Let's just say you could. Let's just let's let's say you could. Right. Then that would be a cool move. I can tell you why. It just came to me as to why. When I grew up learning how to squirrel hunt, and uh, I, I will not be humble at all right now i am an absolute proficient squirrel hunter i can flat kill squirrels right and and when i was a little boy i would go with my dad and my dad was a phenomenal squirrel hunter and i know it's like a squirrel hunter there's art harder than it sounds you can't like people who walk and shoot squirrels are not with the people that i'm talking about my father would go and he would sit and we would see a squirrel and I'm seven years old saying, let's go over there and let's go shoot that squirrel. And he wouldn't allow me to go. Just wait. The squirrel will be right here. Yeah. Right now we could go over there. He's 80, 90 yards away. We could go over there and we could kill that squirrel, but let's just wait to kill him later because we're here and there are nut trees all around us and there will be squirrels here. So I think that mentality of learning how to be patient and wait, whether it's flawed or not. I'm not trying to sell this as the right way. Yeah. It's just, it's just my answer. That's why I wouldn't go do that. Now, after, after a sit, meaning after a full hunt, I've gone home, the bedroom buck. If you ever, you ever look at uh, like buck collector clay on Instagram, The bedroom buck is a really cool eight point and and he's not a ginormous eight point. He's just really nice. And that deer, I watched him tear up this bedding area mid morning for two days. And I was talking to uh, another informal mentor hunter guy. And I said, what do I, you know, what do I do? And he he said, well, you, you have to hang and kill that deer. You got to go in there and put up a stand. Oh gosh, I can't do that. Oh. And, and he convinced me to do it. And I killed him November 7th, 2009. So, but that's a, that is a, and that's, and that's what I was talking about. Like, as far as like, I can get a hundred percent behind you. So this buck, this, chocolate horn pennsylvania buck that same scenario i set a beech nut ridge and for two days i watched the deer cross 80 yards away from me so the third morning before sunup i went in took the stand down moved it 20 yards off the trail they were taking and he wasn't my target buck but my target buck came in and i'd forgot my release so I took a finger shot, clean under the deer, missed him, wanted to choke myself. Mm-hmm. And then this thing walked in 30 minutes later, right under me. And I finger shot him and somehow, out of the grace of God, pulled off a heart shot. Beautiful. But regardless. Skill. Pure if I, skill. If I hadn't have moved, there's no way I would have killed either of them. But to your situation there, Yes. It was, I moved in the dark before they were around. Not, I saw the deer, it crossed twice on, you know, say 10 o'clock. I got down, was re-hung at 1130, 
and tried to wait till two. So yeah, I feel what you're saying there. I guess I can think of a time when I made a, a, a move mid hunt, but it was mule deer hunting. I had, <clears throat> it was the first year that I had ever killed a first mule deer with a bow. It was opening morning. It was eight thirty, and he had a, a bot fly or something, a larva in his nose. And I, I learned this later. I, I did, didn't know what he was doing now at that point, but he was running 150 yards, 200 yards up the Canyon and running back down, shaking his head and snorting the whole time and not, yeah. not grunting, but like trying to farmers blow something out of his nose. Right. <clears throat> and he did this and I, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating 15, 20 times. Yep. And each time he'd be 400 yards from me, he 120 yards from me. 400 yards from me, you know, whatever those numbers were, but he's really close. And he's really far. And I started thinking about, oh, I'll do it. I'll do it the next time. Nah. And then he came back. I finally broke and started running that direction. As soon as he ran the other way, I ran with him, you know, yep. in his same direction. I get there and he, I didn't spook him. He didn't know I was there and he just didn't come back. And so <laughs> it's never, it's never, I killed him about three hours later, but it's never worked out for me to do that so i guess i i wouldn't do it if i if i wanted to make a move though climbers are are certainly in my arsenal i'm starting to believe that a set of ultralight sticks and uh a, a really light stand or a really easy to hang stand how about that i don't care how much it weighs i'm not backpacking this shit around that's not that's not me um, but a stand that's easy to hang. So I posted a picture the other day of an old Chippewa. You ever seen those? Oh yeah. So it's like, it's got this wedge thing where all you have to do to hang the stand is put a cable around it and then you hook it on and then it just, it just hooks on the stand hooks on and it's done. The hardest part for me about hanging a stand is not having a limb to stand on while I'm doing it. Cause I'm not wearing a lineman's harness. I'm not doing that. I guess, I don't want to call myself old school because that has the word old in it, but I, (laughs) I can't, uh, I, I don't, I almost die every time I put up a deer stand. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) I can't see how these guys are like, well, let's take this down. And they're drilling holes in their stands and shit. If I was going to lighten up my stuff, I would, I I would go to the gym, right. And start losing some weight. That's how I would lighten up. I could probably (laughs) shed 30 pounds real quick, you know? Oh, I love it. Uh, Great. Um, don't tell anybody. Let's talk about... <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't see him. I don't know what he did. I cracked a beer. <laughs> um, camouflage. Camouflage. Yes. Oh, dude, you got a whip. I... Uh, Trev's teasing me with a whip beer. Dude, I haven't drank a beer in over a year and a half, but I figured the night is the tonight. Hey, you chose a good one. You went with a wit. So camouflage. I think that camouflage is worthless. I I just said it, and boom. That was hiss. such a Kevin James like. Eh. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. And Daddy, no, no. you know, <laughs> I, I am. I I do not believe in camouflage for white-tailed deer. 
And let me tell you why. Because my entire life growing up, we would wear our camouflage to the tree. And then we would hunt. And we'd put, we put we were putting black, uh, face paint on before Duck Commander. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> right. Before Duck. I, 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 now I can't wear face paint because I refuse to be somebody that puts black shoe polish on my face. Right? I can't. I can't do it. Because uh, I'm afraid people will make fun of me, you know? Uh, That's the, the new thing is like the 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 spider web. They do like the spider. You ever seen that? Well, it's thin. The thin lines. Yes. Right? The hash marks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thin lines. Uh, oh, God. Like it's a fucking tree branch. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's cool. Do, what, I do whatever yeah. you want. Right? You do you. I'm not doing that. Right? I If I was going to do it again, I would put light colors on my eyes and dark colors on the other parts of my face that stuck Wait, out. You, you mean the, the military standard of face paint of darkening the highlighted sections and light exactly the right. places? That's exactly wow. correct. You mean right? you, you, the military had it figured out? Yeah, somebody figured out a long time ago. Anyway, I, I wouldn't do it at all. I, I believe in a face mask. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Um a, a five-year-old doe is going to look at you and go, that is a person like that, <laughs> that happens. But all my life we grew up, we wear our camo all fall long and then shotgun season would hit and you'd put on your car hearts and you would go out into the timber with your car hearts in an orange vest and the right. same animals walk past you for the same reason. So, uh, the, the camo companies have made millions and I'm happy for them. I just don't think it's necessary uh, for white-tailed deer. I'm with it. I'm I'm 100% in agreement with you. And I think it's more or less to hide from other hunters than it is to hide from the deer. Okay. But I, see, I don't have to deal with that. Deer, people in PA and shit, I feel so bad for them. Like, oh, it's rough. But my thing with camo is this. All right, so camouflage is way too light or way too, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, it needs to have more dark in it. Nick Albany said it the best. Like, he started wearing, like, black highlighted camo because it has, it, it's more or less of the shadows of the tree. Or, like, Broadside has, has more white in it. Because that, well, I would have said dark. white and not black. I, I'm there with that. There was a, a, a something called Skyline years ago. Remember that Skyline, no, the real tree no, or something? No, dude, no. it had like oh, I know what you're white, talking about. Yeah, it had like white stripes across it. If you gave me, and and I don't mean military tiger stripe. I'm talking about Siegfried and Roy tiger stripe, right. white and black zebra shit. I think that is just as good. As as having a a leaf spray painted on on this you know on your on your right. chest, uh, it doesn't matter how realistic that acorn on on my bicep looks. <laughs> I, that's a great point. Yeah. Oh, and, with it. and that's why this year, like we made a big transition this year, and we started using broadside and started working with Scott over there, and the video and results of what we've been able to do with it is insane because yes, it has some green and some black in it, but it's primarily a white background. And when you look up in a tree, what do you see? You see the sky behind the tree. 
and everyone kind of got on the whole broadside thing about it it being white and then in low light. But the white goes with the they low light. They can't fucking see. The no. deer can't fucking see that. Guess they, what? They if, can't see. If there's no light, then there's nothing to light up the white. You ever get your picture taken by your trail camera on your way out? And, and you're a solid color gray. And you're a solid gray. Yes. That's what that's they what, see. I, I don't I don't know if that's completely what they see. I think they see shades, right? I think it's proven that they, in the daylight they see shades. But, I mean, it could be blue. You're, you're 100% could, right. Yeah. And I, and I, I know thing, that camo people aren't going to like me for that. And that's cool because I still buy camo. I still wear camo most of the right. time, but I would wear this. If this is what I had, I would wear this in a, in a, a, a bow stand. Oh and, yeah. And if I was comfortable, I, I don't care. They so can't. My wife killed hers in. Yeah. It, I got caught last year on a climber. I got caught halfway up a tree wearing a black sweatshirt by a doe at about 90 yards. And she just looked at me and cause I saw her just a split second before she saw me and I didn't move wearing a black sweatshirt i'm like well this is great no she just put her head back down and eventually walked under my stand yep crazy and that's the thing is there are so many things going one thing that i did it for a year just to see and even played with it on the trail cams walking by him at night was the uv dampener sprays and i will 100 percent say that when I would walk past it without it, you got that bland gray look. You can't even see the pattern. It doesn't exist. And when you hit it with the UV dampener, you came across darker. You were still that same solid color. Oh, no joke. But you legitimately were darker. It didn't reflect that infrared quite as well. So hmm. that was something that, you know, kind of sparked a thought but then it kind of went away. So I don't know if they gave up on the science of it or what, but it was cool. It seemed to have some kind of effect, but I don't think it was enough to catch on to get people to just do it. That's, that's why I, I that's the only reason I use um, scent, the scent free uh, laundry detergent is because of UV stuff. Yeah. Not for the scent part of it, for the UV part of it that they put in and the UV dampeners. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know where I'm at on that. I don't know where I'm at. I, I, have, I don't really have an opinion one way or another. Mm -hmm. I will say that I could liken it to the scent control of can't hurt. No, it can't hurt. Right, can't hurt. Oh, yeah. Well, um, and, and I'm with you. Anything I can do... Whether it increases my chances by 1% or 10%, if I do 10 things that is 1% and that increases my chances by 10%, that's 10% mm -hmm. better chance. That's that absolutely correct. It, it's like not shooting a lighted knock. Yeah. If you don't, I mean, if you have a specific reason not to shoot a lighted knock, again, good on you. Uh, I've shot loom knock for years and, 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 People can trash one knock versus another knock. I don't care. Every knock has its problems, right? I like loom knocks. 
they, they work for me. The people there are fantastic. They are a, a great American made company. Uh, I've been to the factory. They're, they're fantastic. Right. So I shoot a Luminoc. If, if you aren't using a lighted knock, I can't understand why I don't understand why you wouldn't unless there was a law that didn't allow you to in some certain state or whatever, because, or, or, or you couldn't afford it. Right. They're expensive. Um, but I, I spend my whole year waiting for that one moment. If there is one thing that can give me an advantage, I want to do it. Whether it's a cell camera, whether it's a, uh, whether it's a lighted knock, I, I want it. Optics, vortex optics. I absolutely stand behind Vortex 100%. And I, I, I love the little fairy arguments about, <laughs> oh, well, uh, it, it, I, I don't need a guarantee. They wouldn't market a guarantee if, unless it was trash. I just laugh. I when call you have a problem with a Vortex yes, all day long. Yes. I have watched. We've had $2,000 spotting scopes and $1,000, $1,500 turreted scopes get blown up in IEDs while we were overseas. And when it was done, we would recover them and send it back, and they'd send us a replacement, and we were Charlie Mike. Yep. You're not getting that from anyone else. Damien tripped and fell on his Leicas this year while he was out hunting and snapped them in half. I'm not shit-talking Leicas because they snapped in half. I'm going to shit-talk Leica because when he called them, they were like, yeah, send them to us. We'll take a look at them. And then... After they got them, they promptly put them back in the mail and sent them to him. Great. If you'd have done that with Vortex, and, and he had an elk hunt to get on in New Mexico, mm-hmm. right? He came back. If you'd have done that to Vortex and you'd have called and, and, and Ryan Muckenhern would have answered the phone, he'd have said, what's going on? And you'd have said, I just fell on my Vortex Razor 12 by 50s and they broke in half. And I, I can get by with the rest of my two-day hunt. But two days after that, I'm going to New Mexico to this special unit, and I have to have some binoculars. He would not have flinched, and he would have sent. He would have put them in the mail and sent them to you before yours hit the mail going to him. Right. You'd have received them before he received them. Agreed. And I'm I'm sure that they have been burnt, and I don't care. I, I, I don't. I care that they've been burnt. I don't. I guess that wasn't right. I, no matter what, I, I will stand behind them for that. And I don't want to get off on a, on a kiss no, and I, ass I know what you mean. I, I'm with you. Strictly for the fact that you're 100% correct. I have known of people that have cheated that system and did something stupid. You know, I may have blown the glass out of or the, uh, the gas out and lost focus or whatever because of something legitimately stupid and they went, Oh, I want a new pair. But I've also seen things happen to these that are out of anyone's control and they replace them the exact same way. There's no questions asked. There's no nothing. It's our product failed. Have a new one. Yeah. You could almost, yeah, it's, they're great. I don't, I don't, there's so (laughs) many, there's so many things. Yep. uh, uh, And, and, and out West, much more than back home. I never used to carry binoculars at all, at all. Uh, and now I just carry a cool little six power set. I, I really like them. But I think that binos, when I moved out w- somewhat out West, I, st- I realized how important they were because I'd never looked through a good piece of glass. Right. 
And I don't care what kind of optics you use because we mentioned Leicas. Their glass is fantastic. Everyone's high-end glass is good. Bushnell's got fantastic high-end glass. Leupold's got good high-end glass. Swarovski is, in my mind, just that little bit better than everybody else, but you're going to pay three times. What you, you know, I don't have $3,700 to spend on a pair of fucking binoculars. There's a reason we quit shooting gold rings and started shooting Vortex overseas. Just I don't know. I, I don't know. It's a great company. That, that's all. Um, that's all I got to say. Hey, changing the subject. Did you... Did you see my old pumpkins? I found that old picture. Did yes, you see that? Old- I saw that shit yesterday. It had me rolling. Dude, I <laughs> lo- that was so fun. We got it like it's it's pumpkin carving time and yeah. we've got to uh we've got to do that again. I don't know. You got I my mind spinning. I'll have I to shouldn't. Sh- I'll send you the pictures of the ones I did the same year. And yeah, I, I think we ought to sit down and everyone needs to post what they carve. Yeah, and I, I probably Pumpkin shouldn't have brought up contest? something. That's what I'm calling. Oh, very nice. I shouldn't have brought up something that I couldn't like show somebody or, or talk oh, about. Oh no, no, it's it. all right. I, uh, it, you can you can look at them uh, on on my Instagram, I guess. Uh, the uh, if you want to see them or my so we it's know. Uh, Buck Collector Clay. It's just simple. I'm not on there a lot. I don't have hardly any followers or anything like that. But I don't know. I post things every once in a while. <laughs> so, so, yeah, Buck Collector Clay, you can get on there and look at whatever the hell we're talking about since I brought it up. There it but is. The, it's up. What's that? I've got it. I'm showing you. Oh, I can't I can't see you. I'm just looking at Trev's beautiful face. Oh, <laughs> oh well, yeah. Hey, there you are. Yep. It, it's yeah. Up. Dude, I had so much fun carving those. I didn't even know that they would work. Like, that was way back. I don't even know. I don't remember what year that was. That was a long time ago. That's what we should do. Uh, we should have a, a fucking pumpkin carving contest. Ooh. Done. Done. Ooh. Trev, you know yeah. what I'm feeling? Feeling. We're going to put up some rules for that. I'm going to come up with something. I'm gonna, yes. I'm going to give something away. I'm going to give up a package. You know what I'm going to do? Give away something I like because I'm going to win. Just letting you know. Maybe some um, Nor'easter? No, 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 no. Actually, you know what? I will. I'll, I'll throw Nor'easter in there. I, I'll throw in uh, – I got a custom crow call. I got a o- Ozone Go, two cans of Nose Jammer. Um, <laughs> what else I got? I got all I'm kinds of I'm telling you, shit. I'm included in this shit, and people are going to have to bring the thunder because I'm going to make like – uh, a straight up masterpiece. Let's let's make the rules here right now. Um so so here is the one that I Oh, that's awesome. All right, so I might get second. <laughs> I I Steven I can't get... be in it, but <laughs> So what we'll do is we will you have Back to tag to tag the Outdoor Drive podcast. How about that? You like that? <laughs> it's zoom it's a, oh there it is very awesome so we'll have to tag the outdoor drive podcast and tag me so i get yep, to see them all yep tag um buck collector clay um what else um what else and hashtag it with drive rut pumpkin yes rut pumpkin, rut pumpkin. Rut pumpkin. There i it love is. it so we get all right that's what you have to do 
You have to tag the Outdoor Drive podcast. You have to tag uh, Buck Collector Clay, and you have to hashtag it Rut Pumpkin. (laughs) I love it. I love it. That's fantastic. I'm I'm just writing it down here. So See, I that wouldn't that would have never happened had Clay not found that photo and posted it. That's right. Uh, so we've been talking forever. The I love this. I love I love I could talk hunting every second that I'm awake. Like I'm sure I'm sure that you're the same way. <laughs> yep. Uh, I. Right now, all on a on a loop in my head. It's going boom, 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 and all of a sudden, the rut is going to kick, and I'm going to see the first buck just ripping after a doe in the woods, and I'll hear like a little bit of disturbed. Oh God, I just hear it. Right? It's like it's like that scene in Young Guns where he's like, when John Kenny's riding up our on our ass, and the balls are flying, the blood goes right to your head. Boom! Like, I feel like right now, I'm like, woo! That's a test of all tests, you ask me. Like, I'm, oh. Like, I haven't had, like, I've been having a, a few little nightmares. Do you guys have nightmares? Oh, for, yeah. Like, deer hunting nightmares? Oh, yes. Can't oh. put the trigger to let go, and, you know, the arrow release, sir. That's right. I didn't load. Didn't load. And, and, and I have my arrows, but I just can't seem to get it loaded. Like, I can't put one in. Like, I don't know what's going on. Oh, vomit. Yep. Like, I wake up. Like, my ticker cannot take that shit. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming quick. I cannot wait, man. It's We're going to be in Ohio for the start of it. Nice. I I will be. So the 25th is when I start hunting. Like, and I know it it is what it is. If I don't have a deer, if I don't have a deer on camera telling me what's going on and I'm not running a ton of cameras, I don't step foot in the woods in October to hunt. I I hunted one time on the way through Illinois, just because on, on the way to West Virginia to, to hunt there. And then on the way to West Virginia, uh, my buddy had a really cool deer that he wasn't interested in in Ohio, and I'm like, "I'll hunt Ohio. Why not?" And yeah, I mean, you've got a 135, 140 inch eight point, and you're you're not interested in him, but you don't mind if somebody shoots him. I'll shoot him. So I was on the way there, and on and halfway to West Virginia, he sends me a picture. The deer broke off half his rack. Oh, at at the base. Like damn. I have had uh, the worst start to a season that I've had in a long time, which is I'm I'm going to use it as a as a positive thing because I think that I'm, I'm praying that it's going to only go up from here, right? Because yeah, it's your catapult to the rut. <laughs> That's right. So the 25th, I'll start hunting around here, um, and then just before. Uh, Halloween, I'll head to Illinois, you know, and it'll it'll be on from there. I I need to look up because I'm planning to shoot two bucks in Illinois. I need to look up to make sure that I can shoot two bucks. I can buy two bags <laughs> in Illinois because I need to I need to make my plans. You know what I mean? Obviously, I'm not going to just shoot two bucks without having a tag but i I'm not i know gonna, what you're gonna I'm, say trev i see it in your face yeah. what is you're not he gonna, gonna say chris bracket you're not gonna <laughs> say that are you you know that dude grew up about i don't know 30 minutes from me 
That's crazy. Like, yeah, that's where that's where I grew up. Him, he he used to like rig people's bows up in the place where I bought my first bow. Except it wasn't there. It was where it was the old South Side Worm Ranch is where I used to work. Let's not talk about that anymore. I don't. I'm with. You. Well, it's funny is I made I'm a reference you. in the in the intro about it was <laughs> yeah. because um, when we're in Ohio, I was thinking about going down a couple of days early, and Stephen was like, "Well, hopefully you have a buck down, and then you can just." hunt for your doe and i said i'm not gonna hunt for a doe in the middle of rut in ohio when a 160 comes by because because you all read about me in the newspaper and y'all can call me chris brackett <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, one of those things. uh he was kind of jerky to me or, or i don't know yeah he, he's uh, anyway so he was to me too i real quick and i will go there because i don't care but can we just not can we just all not? right is, he, all is right. he even worth talking about no he's no. really not no right no. he tried cutting my beard yeah. <laughs> but anyways go, he, go on Sorry. um i had to sneak i will, i, I would have tried cutting your beard <laughs> <laughs> that's what my that's what my pumpkin my rut pumpkin's gonna be, oh, it's gonna be over trevor's face with scissors yeah <laughs> Uh, you win. <laughs> God, I don't remember what we were saying. We were talking about how you're going to go and shoot two bucks in Illinois. Oh uh, yeah. I, if I can, if I find out that it's, and I looked it up and I don't see that it's illegal, but uh, Austin is going to call his, his local warden just to make sure for me, because I want to make plans. I mean, rut only comes once a year and it's only so long. So I want to be able to bounce back and forth to where I need to be in, in order to, to maximize that time right. and and i don't stick around illinois if it's still rut right and and i can come back to nebraska and still hunt but i was hoping to have uh three deer down by now maybe two you know but i was easily two good deer down by now and it's not is shit ain't a guarantee <laughs> nope never is so you have those seasons it's, it's, oh. it's one of those humbling seasons for you huh like just those the learning yeah seasons. but 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 then again rut hasn't started yet that's right and right. that's when i hunt you know i, I mean I, I hunt mule deer early um uh going to going to uh west virginia and sitting on the side of a mountain and staring at a little patch that was about 40 yards wide for five days that wasn't any fun like that wasn't it's it. tough yeah i'm welcome to the east coast oh man that's tough you guys i don't know I, like, I will say this i sat in a summit climber for the first time and i would sit for six hours five six hours and never stand up like i, I wasn't uncomfortable i didn't need to stretch that thing is was wildly comfortable what well, the danger with those is you tend to fall asleep I, you, you I'm can, on my. I'm too busy Facebooking to fall asleep. I mean, let's get real. <laughs> That's the truth. That's funny. See, I'm I'm different. I get in a tree and like my phone's off and in a pocket, and if I don't hear it vibrate or hear a gunshot and worry about Trev, I don't look at it. That's good. I text Ross the whole time, and we I say nice things to him like, "You'll get one. You'll get one. Just keep after it." And then he's like, "You'll get one too. Just keep after it." And then we keep our each other's spirits up <laughs> <laughs> that's funny he's he talking was, about yeah. ross bigger by the way <laughs> yeah we were we were texting last year two seconds before i shot 
that deer. I was texting him and he was like, don't worry, you'll get one. Ah, that brick was right. <laughs> <laughs> he has a way of doing that. Yeah. I think he's due. Oh yeah, he's due. definitely. He, he's due. Um, I, I would say something about the industry and what it can do to people. How about, I don't know why that got me thinking I just, I just went off on a tangent, but well, so, you're talking about yeah. Ross and real people, so I can see the connection. Well, the I'll, I'll give industry, you that. <laughs> th- th- and this isn't Ross uh, by any means uh, or, or anybody else. It's just I've seen people start doing things that they wouldn't ordinarily do because they feel pressure, right? And I, uh, when, I don't know, when I was in my 20s or whatever, I had dreams, right? You know, it would have been neat to have a cool show or something like that. Everybody wanted to be Lee Lakoski in, in uh, 2004. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that was, that was always cool. But then you start working for somebody else in your mind, right? You're doing it for a different reason. I didn't say a wrong reason, but you're doing it for a different reason and it makes you not operate on the same level. So when you've got guys who are just killing it every year and then all of a sudden they get involved in something. I told one of my friends one time, he said, Oh, it was about saddle hunting and, and you, and you guys are saddle hunters, right? And, And yeah, and, and that's that's awesome. I think it's a, a really cool thing. This guy is a killer. This guy is killing, tagging out multiple years straight with big, big, big deer. And he says to me, dude, you got to check out this saddle stuff. It'll change the way you hunt. So why would you ever want to change the way you hunt? And... I don't think he even, I don't think it hit home with him at all. Um, and, and he'll probably hear this and, and, and tease me, but the guy is, is, uh, shooting in, in some of the best ground in the world and shooting some of the, the shooting world-class deer. And he, I believe in an evolution, right? I believe in evolving and, and, finding new ways to do things better but i don't know about changing the way you hunt i think everybody else maybe should change the way they hunt to do what he does and i see the industry sometimes having that effect on people and i am sure that it could be it could happen to me too you know if 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 a bunch of people for some stupid reason latched on to me and were giving me money or 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 convincing me to use their products or something like that. I suppose I might try and do it differently. I don't know. I think kind of like w- what you're, what you're saying also is kind of like, you know, even us being on the podcast and having the podcast and having a YouTube page and filming our hunts and stuff, because like that pressure, sometimes I feel that pressure come down on me. You know what I'm saying? Where you got to have that content constantly, whether it's, you know, gripping grins or you're trying to kill a big buck for the season. And it, it kind of gets you where you're not thinking clearly, you know, and it kind of, it messes, it messes with your season sometimes because you, well, you get so drawn into trying to kill that big buck as fast as you possibly can. 
and you're and you're more or less making mistakes. I think that anyone, and there's always an exception, but anyone who says that they don't want the respect of their peers is a, a liar or some sort of a has psychopathy, right? Because I I certainly want the respect of my peers. When you know, I, I there's nothing I would like more than people to say. You know, it, it would make me feel good for people to say that guy, that guy kills big deer. You know, that would be like a, a teardrop moment. You know, if you accidentally overheard people saying that, you know, that's, that's, I think what, what uh, drives some of, of what we do. And I love being outdoors. I love hunting. Otherwise, you know, if, if there was no Facebook, I'd still hunt, you know, I'd still right. kill big deer. Um, but before Facebook, you took your deer to the tavern, right? Exactly. You took your deer in the back of the truck to the tavern, whether it was your dad taking your deer to the tavern with you, and he'd call, everybody would come out of the tavern, and they'd look at your big deer in the back of the truck or your little deer or whatever, and they'd slap the young man on the back or, or his buddies would come out and drink beers, and there was always the one asshole that says, oh, you ain't big, and, you know, and look what I shot. But that's the – that's the thing so we want the respect of our peers uh but i when i see top level people who i consider at the top edge of of any type of, of whitetail hunting changing what they're doing i always cringe a little bit and wonder why isn't why aren't other people changing to do what they're doing right uh, and i that's that's a weird a weird turn that i just kind of took our conversation to but I always, I always, that uh, thought always comes back across my mind as to why, why is that guy changing, you know, but, and then you get products like, like ultimate predator, uh, the, the, uh, stalker decoys, you know, they go on the front of your bow. Yep. Those things are insane. Have you ever used one of those? No. Oh, I can't even talk. Like I, I I'm speechless. They are. I, the very first time I ever used one, I had a Tom almost try and run me over a, a, out in the middle of a, of a wheat stubble field. I, I can't, I can't describe how wild that shit is. And I know guys have been doing that for years. Uh, but that happening is a huge, now that's a game changer, right? It'll change the way you hunt. Well, yeah, that those decoys, they change the way that I hunt turkeys. Do I hunt turkeys every time that way? No. There are different tools for different situations. But, uh, and it's not just a bow thing either. I'm, I mean, if, if I want to walk towards, I, I knee crawled 60 yards through a, a, an open uh, a cow pasture at like six or eight or 10 toms. I mean, there's just toms out there in early season last year. I just knee crawled right at him and I'm not like, I was not graceful, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm slapping back and forth and dropping my bow hand and realizing that I've held my bow to the side. And it's like, Oh, can you put it back? They don't care. It's the craziest shit I've ever seen. So do you do it those, with muleys and stuff like that, pronghorn and stuff like that too. I, I haven't hunted antelope, uh, where I, I needed to yet. Okay. Um, I killed my first antelope this year with a muzzle loader, and I 
I, it had been six years trying to draw this tag. I don't know why it was so coveted. When I go back there, I'll be doing it with a bow again. But I didn't use it because uh, I didn't feel like I needed to because I had a gun. And as right. it turns out, I didn't need to. I and and there it is again. I like I like hunting in general, but there's there's just such a difference for me from bow hunting and gun hunting. I shot this antelope and it was wonderful. Uh, but if I if I change the story over to uh, a mule deer that I'd shot with a rifle, which I've shot very few, I remember shooting him. He fell directly to the ground. I hit him. I hit him in the point of the shoulder with a seven millimeter Remington Magnum at two fifty. He's done, right? Yes. So he it, light switch. He's done. I look back at my wife, like, did I shave my legs for this? <laughs> right? Is that is that what we just did? Oh, because it's eight thirty opening morning, and you've killed a big one. I've killed a big one. I don't. I mean, it was a great photo op. We got two, you know, it's the whole Lee and Tiffany thing where you're holding up two deer and we even got a, a little baby sitting in the middle, our, our daughter when she was tiny. Nice. But I don't get the, I don't get the enjoyment. I don't know what I'm, I got, what would you call it? I don't get the high that I get right. from, that, it's, you know. It's almost like uh, the difference between harvesting and earning. Mm-hmm. As I mm-hmm, into my shine jar, I like. I mean, I was going to say, like, my, don't, scroll, don't scroll pouch that. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I've I teeny, 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 tiny sips. I probably haven't drank an ounce of that while we were talking. I bet I'd taken a bunch of drinks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame uh, you. Uh, gosh, that that antelope this year. Have you guys ever killed an antelope? I bet you no. have. You, Steve, yeah, I have. They smell. Like they just them would just knock a buzzard completely off a shit wagon. Shit sheep. Oh my god, they are disgusting. <laughs> Old stink goat. Oh, uh, I don't. That is an animal. I res and I shot a really nice buck and 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 I have respect for the animal, you know. And I I I enjoyed that. Like I didn't like kneel down and and like burn sage over him or any shit like that. You almost I, need to. <laughs> right. But I, I, I don't say this with disrespect for the, for the animals that I hunt and that I harvest. I could give a damn whether I ever shoot another antelope. Yeah. They're not, they don't do anything for me at all. I, I, um, I think the draw to antelope is that open ground stock to see if you're good enough to do that with a bow. I really think that's the draw. I don't think it's the antelope itself because I'm the same way. It is not a treasured game. I am not going out of my way to put in for those tags. I can go over the counter anywhere in Arizona and pretty much guarantee that we're going to at least see goats. You know, it's just well, not the draw to me. I can tell you this, had I have had a stalker decoy, had I not had a muzzleloader and I'd had a bow, and in this same scenario where I shot this buck at 200 yards, he had 20 does with him. Yep. And if I'd have walked over the hill with uh, a buck decoy on the front of my bow, that that antelope absolutely would have charged me. And 
and I, I would have shot him in the loin. Well, <laughs> at 23 is. yards. Full circle. 23 yards, right? Yeah. So and our, there it is. Our, our big uh, push for antelope back home was we didn't have the decoys, but we would pull a horse trailer with a horse haltered in the back. And when we'd spot them, you'd pull over, you'd get the horse out, and you walk next to the horse. And when and Jeremiah Johnson there at Yeah, and you'd walk sideways, and you'd just do Zs up to him. And then when you got close, you would lean under the neck of the horse, and you shot. Because they didn't give a shit about a horse. Right. You know, they're going, oh, that's normal. I don't care that it has six legs or eight legs. It's yeah. normal. They don't realize antelope, that. Though. Antelope yeah. can't count. So I, I swear on my life right now, if you want to kill an antelope, honestly, take a truck, drive into the middle of the field, and have two big eight-foot flags on posts in the bed hanging off the back waving. Antelope will run to the truck to see what it is. Well, I think they're just trying to vote for Trump. 2020, <laughs> baby. Yeah, that's right. That's now, they are Antelope are the most curious animals in the plains. They will come in to try to figure out what it is. They won't run from it. They'll go, okay, that's weird. We got to go look. And we tested it back home. We, we did that. We literally would put flags in the beds of trucks and drive into the middle of a field, and the antelope would run to the truck just to figure out what it was. Hmm. And every time they'd get in range, and we'd film and we'd laugh and look and be like, these things are dumber than shit. And then once they figured out, yeah, this isn't right, they'd leave. But, you know, you got decoys, you got horses, and you got trucks with flags. So you can almost hunt them however you want. Just get creative. It's like turkey hunting. Well, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, but turkey hunt, turkey hunt's fun. Like, and <laughs> really I'm not fun. saying antelope hunt's not fun. <laughs> turkey hunting is turkey turkey and antelope. Are, yeah, that's like poor man oh, duck hey. hunting. That is, uh, I remember the first... We started turkey hunting when I was probably 14. There just weren't any, right? And and uh, we finally, you know, I, I think I rode my bike back. We lived on 160 acres, and I rode my bike up over this hill on the backside of the farm, and all of a sudden there were turkeys, right? So then that year we decided to start hunting. And the first time I ever saw a turkey strut in the woods, I and I still remember, I thought if you just said, okay, how measure how big that animal was over there. That son of a bitch looked like he was 48 inches wide, <laughs> right? As, as wide as a sheet of plywood. He looked yep. like a four by four uh, circle just, just coming through the woods at me. I thought that was the biggest thing I'd ever seen in my life. Uh, so man, turkey hunting is a lot of fun. I don't think I'm like Michael Waddell sick over turkey hunting, you know, cause He'd, he'd take turkeys over anything, and that's that's awesome. I me, I don't know if I could do that. I I love turkey hunting, but I don't think I could give up hunting stuff with horns for turkeys. That's that's me, man. I, I'm a turkey. I love turkey hunting. There's nothing more that I love than turkey hunting. Yeah. I just you know it's it's that's my my thing. But I haven't done the whole horn thing like you guys have, the western, the midwestern horn hunting thing. For us, this, there's a lot of fucking turkeys. So we, yeah. <laughs> that's what we do. I just like the interaction, I guess. Yeah. We, that, we and that's the, what's cool. We have the turkeys like you have deer. 
You guys leave there to come here for big turkeys. We leave here to go there for big deer. Big deer. Right. There you go. Yeah, it's crazy. There you so, go. Clay, I got one question for you, man. You probably already know what it is. Oh, God. I hope I didn't waste all my ammunition about what drives me outdoors. <laughs> I love it. Go Let's ahead and it. ask me. What, what drives you outdoors, Clay? <sighs> right now, what drives me outdoors? Man, I did. I wasted all my ammo. <laughs> right now, you're going to get a real response. You're going to not, this isn't planned or any bullshit like that. I forgot you were going to ask me that. Right now, what drives me outdoors is all, it's always going to be the moment between, between the release and, and, and the strike. Right. And, and when I, sh when I shoot a deer, I, it's this hand first my right it's my release hand goes up in the air and then because i made good contact and at that moment when they're running away and you know you killed them whether they've still fallen yet or not and you figure out nope. my bow hand goes up and it's it's silly and it's involuntary right it's like i'm, I'm running around <laughs> muscle going, hey. memory you've done right? it enough that it's muscle memory that that drives me outdoors but when i get to take that that used the story used to end there but now when I get to take my daughters on blood trails, I think just that is driving me outdoors right now because they have so much fun. I've, you can watch videos of them. I've got little videos of them, of them blood trailing last year. And when the six-year-old, five last year, the five-year-old looks up at me and says, you know, there's bubbles in that blood. You shot him in the lungs. Like, awesome i get i i geek out right like a oh, star yeah. wars nerd watching watching star wars with their kid for the first time and they get to some crazy part where whatever i don't know i don't talk about star wars luke's is you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah that's right and they're all geeking out like oh my gosh so, yeah well it's me i'm geeking out when one of them says oh baby that's a lot of blood like i <laughs> i love it they and they love it so i think dreaming of and and praying that at least one of my three daughters is going to want to hunt i think that that is what's that's what's driving me to do it right now and uh i don't think there's anything anything more important than that to me right now as far as the hunting portion goes <laughs> that's that's it. powerful man that's real that that's parenting done right hands down it's, I don't know if I'm doing it right or not, but I know that's just what I'm doing. It's it's kind of crazy because so we had, we're in the process of building our new website and kind of one of the things with like writing our bios is we have to kind of answer our own question and it's what drives us outdoors. And I think it's it was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do was come up with what drives me outdoors because there's yeah. so many things How do you that, put that into one or two sentences. You don't. I mean, yeah. it's it's so tough. And I think that we all have such a common ground of, like, what drives us outdoors. Like, something that, you know, like, for me is being around people that that um, that get to, to be around their first trophy for the first time. Like, that smile. Like, that first thing that I had when I was a kid. Like, to smile 
about killing their first animal or catching their their biggest fish or whatever like that's 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 what drives me outdoors man like you with with your little ones like that's what drives you outdoors and passing it on steven is you know being with veterans and and having them you know it's it's just it's sharing what we love you know because because we love it for a reason but we want to share it to somebody else because we want them to to have that empowering moment that we do all the time when we're afield a a really cool part about having the little ones go with you is that they don't know big from small exactly so and i'm not shooting i mean i'm not shooting forkies but if i killed a 130 and i tell them that he's huge they believe me. <laughs> so <laughs> when you talk about recognition and they're like, wow, he's huge. You're like, yeah, feed that ego. Give me another little, give me another taste of that. Thanks. Wow. Daddy. Are you, I love it. One of them said, said to me the other day, right. Daddy are, is day. Are you something like, are you a better hunter than Damien? I was like, Oh yeah. Absolutely. They don't know any better. <laughs> Until Damien comes around and they say, my daddy's a better hunter than you, Damien. <laughs> I told, I forced Damien when he told the story to the girls. He doesn't have kids and he's not like overly loving on kids. You know what I mean? I, when he told the story to him, I was like, all right, you have to make me the hero somehow. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, so like he it. did. Your daddy helped me. And, and I, I guess I did help him. So I'll take some credit. Oh yeah. That's good shit. Well, Clay, before we let you go real quick, remind everyone where they can find you and how they can, uh, follow along. Uh, buck collector clay is really the, the, uh, I've got a YouTube channel and I do some stuff on there. Not a ton. Uh, like I say, I, I don't have a huge online presence, but I do enjoy when, when people like my stuff and, uh, uh, I do pack dumps for like mule deer and things like that. But if you search Buck Collector Clay on either YouTube or uh, Instagram, uh, you'll be able to get on to me there. I, I generally keep my Facebook pretty uh, just to the people that I actually know and things like that. But if anybody wants to jump in there, I love uh, meeting new people online and things like that and, and being able to share experiences with people. Awesome. Well, I don't know about you, but I think this has been a blast. We've definitely had some firsts, got some good laughs. And uh, the story and information, the banter, it's all been second to none. So, Well, I'm glad you guys had fun. I I just – I want to remind everybody not to squirrel pouch anything on the way out. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we will reiterate that for a long time to come. Make a T-shirt. You need to make a T-shirt. Outdoor drive. I, I got Not a feeling there's pouch. something in the work. Squirrel pouching. Oh, and, <laughs> and and last but not least before Steven closes it out is uh don't don't forget to join in on our fun with the, the pumpkin carving contest. Absolutely. Yes. Rut Trev, pumpkin. Rut, rut pumpkin. pumpkin. Hashtag rut pumpkin. Real quick, Trev, one last time. What's um, the layout? You have to hashtag rut pumpkin. Also, you have to tag Buck Collector Clay and the Outdoor Drive podcast. And starting tomorrow morning, I will get a hold of all the people that we partner and sponsor with and see if they want to go in on our giveaway. I think it's going to be a blast. I look forward to that one. I, I, I love intricate carvings. I love doing pumpkin stuff. And uh, I'm Does usually that mean not that a, I have to carve a pumpkin? You're, you're going to have to, dude. Not that we can win anything, but 
we have to participate in if we're on putting it. the shit on. Right. I'm really glad that Steve is not in this because I think yours is just going to be the little circle eyes and the jagged mouth, and his would have been like the Sistine Chapel. <laughs> <laughs> I may get a little two, carried away. Two hands, two hands reaching across, like reaching across a pumpkin and just barely touching. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I will definitely do something very intricate just specifically for this show. And uh, I'm not going to say it's going to be the greatest or the worst, but I want to see who else out there is going to put the effort into it. So I'm looking forward to it. I got deer to hunt. I can't be carving pumpkins. Hey, dude, the sun's down. If you didn't kill, you got all night. That's right. You know, your dates haven't quite hit yet. So get out there, do your thing before the 25th and let's make it happen. Yeah. I want to get back with you guys. uh, And I'm going to say this pot like, not cocky, but with a positive outlook after I kill a giant this year. I want to get back with you guys after that. I like it. I think it's a good idea. We're in. Well, Clay, again, thanks for joining us. Your time is invaluable. We've had a hell of a good time. (laughs) I can't forget half those stories if I wanted to. So we're going to keep pushing that on. And uh, for everyone out there listening, greatly appreciate your time and uh, hope you guys enjoyed the long episode. We had a blast doing it. And in the meantime, thanks for taking the ride right Right here here on on the the Outdoor outdoor drive. Drive.